Where's the song? What the fuck? One job. One fucking job. Episode title, One Job. (laughs) (laughs) It's bad because it's great. (laughs) And there's your stinger, too. Seriously. Oh, <laughs> you guys are getting too good at this. <laughs> the station with the best, 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 best music. Best music. I love the music. Best music. Listening to Real Talk with the Boys. And this is T-Bone, the real bad wolf in Northern Nevada. And I have joining me from the Pleasure Palace in Montana, Z, but we know him as Zaddy. Zaddy. <laughs> and from south of the border, he is one mean bean. We got Gordo. Gila. Classes in session, open your books to page 66. We've got Professor K. And for the next hour, we want to make you laugh, learn something new, and say what if. Now you're live with Real Talk with the Boys. Off K, you didn't you didn't bounce your head one time to that classic, iconic, historic hip-hop beat. By Dre. For Not shame. Once. You looked confused more than anything. <laughs> For shame. As an so, academic, he was trying to re- retain his. Are yeah, you body. trying to count the notes? Is that a four <laughs> by four count? <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to ask what is the reason behind the bobbing of the head? Like, I know that is like historically what people have done. Types of music, but why do we do it? I would, I would uh, put it as a metaphor as when you're reading a good scientific hypothesis. And you're really into that hypothesis and you start just tapping that pencil like, God, this is a good hypothesis. <laughs> when I hear a good beat like the iconic Dre, my pencil is my head and it is bopping. So, uh, James, you know, as the inquisitive professor that you are, I have went to the book of knowledge of the Internet and I found the true answer as to why people nod their head when they're listening to music. It's because they like it. They like it. Okay. There's a lot of scientific is, meaning behind that. There's a, yeah. Well, it's, you know, it's a, it's showing agreement is the idea. So when you're bobbing your head, you listen to music, it's showing that you like okay, it. Okay. We've been friends a lot of years, and I probably could not name five artists that you listen to. I don't Snoop think I've ever heard Puff. you listen to music except for Snoop Dogg. Crosby, <laughs> <laughs> uh, who are your top five artists? Yes. Yeah, and I've asked you this question for years, and you only say Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I definitely struggle with that. I think uh, when it comes to styles of music, I really enjoy instrumentals. So that's why like, movie soundtracks are really great. But there's like a, such a wide variety of those. Like Hans Zimmer is one of the, the huge ones that's going on right now. Um, John just Williams. Like the, yeah, like just the epicness of some, some of these scores. I think I really enjoy those. But when it comes to like 
traditional mainstream artists. You know, it's something that I could bob my head to. I think those are the good ones. So, you know, when you see me bobbing my head, obviously those are the ones that I really like. So just keep that in mind. And now you know why you're bobbing your head. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we wanted to play Still Dre instrumental. Dr. Dre had the brain aneurysm earlier this month. Sounds like he's still in ICU for monitoring. Best wishes to Dr. Dre. Love and light. How we doing, boys? Just so our listeners, they can't see us in the studio here, but uh, Zaddy put up his cup in commemoration to to Dre, yeah. Thanks, Zaddy. So I'll let him know. To, I wanted the listeners to get the video. Pass the message along. Because don't forget, Zaddy's laying in his chaise lounge, joining us from the Pleasure Palace, all relaxed, ready to get into the real talk. Zaddy is rocking some headphones, no free ads, that Dre may have produced and had a hand in. Oh, yeah, one love, those baby, headphones? one love. Beats by Dr. Dre. Go hey, support. No, no free ads. <laughs> hey, if we enjoy it, you know, we'll let them know. That's true. All right. So we're not in a apocalyptic world after uh, uh, the uh, attack on the Capitol. No, no nuclear weapons were fired. Our boy Donnie is uh, holed up off Twitter. So it sounds, it, it seems like the world has gotten a little bit brighter. What's everyone's thoughts? <laughs> I thought you didn't have a segment, Zaddy, and you just dropped that <laughs> nuclear bomb on us. You asked me how I was doing. So, I wanted to let you know I was doing great. <laughs> So at the Real Talk podcast, we will admit when we are wrong and maybe misread a situation, we'll admit it. You know, I will go back to the tape and I'll say, hey, I thought January 6th was going to go down a different way. I, I, just I, want, I just want to say that for our listeners who were like, man, I totally agree with, you know, what T-Bone's saying. We need a restore of our democracy, as the Democrats would say, you know, a true constitutional whatever. Not a crisis because it would have been more of a no. It'd been more of like a like trying these crazy things built into the constitution that we never use just because it's like like a constitutional hail mary, I guess is what you could call it. But yeah, which is a hundred percent legal that other vice presidents have done in the past. Just to make sure that's clear. And and when you say past, when was that? Uh, It was John Adams and uh, Thomas Jefferson. If you guys know them, Uh, Mm. pretty influential characters. I've heard of his uh, his relative, Sam Adams. He's got like Love a beer, beer company. Love his beer. Yes, his beer is amazing. <laughs> what were their houses called back then? Uh, Plantations. Houses? Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, so, so recent. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's still the Senate and the House of Congress, but okay. Or, you know, House of Representatives, but whatever. Sorry, James. Go ahead. Or Professor I was saying, like those, those are so such recent events. Like John Adams, I mean, these were times when we had smallpox and and typhoid fever as like epidemics in the U.S. So it's pretty much just kind of like the corner, COVID, so. or is COVID not real? I'm sorry, I, know. I just grabbed a third rail. I know. T-Bone, you tell us what do you think. <laughs> no, I want to stick on this topic. I'm sorry. I, I just thank you. I got a little too excited. Good work. Yeah, I had coffee this morning. <laughs> <laughs> no free ads. Have you guys checked out Black Rifle Coffee? Mm-hmm. Really oh, good. I'm gonna send Love you it. all a bag. It is so good. Looking forward to it. You guys don't have you guys you guys still make coffee like you know with coffee grains, right? We don't have K cups everywhere. Trying to well, save the world one K-cup. cup of coffee at a time. All right. 
I'm going to send you guys all bags of, of Black Rifle. No free ads. So good. Oh. But we do accept free uh, coffee grounds. Yep. <laughs> yep. No free ads. Do accept free things. Yes. We have a P.O. Box if you want to mail it to us. <laughs> P.O. Box 9682, Reno, Nevada, 89507. Please be appropriate. Yeah. Or he gets in Zaddy nudes. Zaddy <laughs> likes nudes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I meant noodles. I don't know what you guys are thinking. Oh, okay. So, anyways, DC. Getting into that, or what's that? is that? Is that your topic, Timo? Well, I mean, well, just going off the, you know, I think we should kind of hit the hot topics of the day. I mean, it For is sure. a few weeks a little after the fact, and we're looking like we're just going full blown steam ahead into building back better with our uh, president-elect, Mr. Biden, and our you know, world leader elites around the world just wanting to do the Great Reset, build back better, and I just, you know, COVID's going to be a thing of the past, and we're just all of a sudden going to be as if, like, nothing ever happened in the last four years. You know, whenever you say DC, I always have a small hope, and like a brief glimpse of, like, I think you're talking about DC and Marvel, but then as you talk more, I realize <laughs> that's not the case. I'm sorry, I know. I'm such a tease, James. <laughs> We will get into DC eventually because they're coming out with some cool stuff eventually. Yes, they are. That That Justice League, mm, that Green Lantern. mm, Go ahead, T-Bone. I think, uh, Mm, you know, this is your segment. You you break us off. Well, one thing, I'll break you off. Uh, (laughs) One thing that I, one thing I just, I feel like I've always constantly been teasing and we've just kind of, I mean, I hear you hear me say it today, but just building back better and this whole thing. I just want to play a super cut because I've said it before in past episodes. But I just want to play this supercut of our leaders, Canada's, uh, I believe, the European Union, and just all over the world just saying building back better. And I just, again, I'm not crazy, but it just seems to be this slogan all of a sudden is everywhere. And again, if that's what our new elite overlords want, and we get to Four sets of priorities can guide the response to build back. Excuse me. Yeah, anyways, I'm just going to play it because I screwed myself up. But here we go. Better and achieve the sustainable development goals. So the vice president took the approach of saying, we're not just gonna try to plaster over the cracks and put some props in where it's falling apart. His approach was to say, we're gonna build it back better. We're gonna take an economy that had a lot of problems and we're gonna make this economy work better going forward. That's, that's the right approach. This election is about building this country back better. And that's what Joe and I will do. So Africa can build back better, greener, more integrated, and resilient. Rekindle the Canadian economy by building back better. We need to seize this moment to be creative about how we reposition the national economy. Resilience is so critical, and I think it takes on even broader meaning when you have a pandemic. But this moment also gives us a much greater chance to be radical and to do things differently, to build back better and to build back bolder. And so we will be doubling down on our strategy. We will double down on leveling up. But this election is not just about him. It's about us. It's about you. It's about what we'll do. Over the last two weeks, I've shared my agenda. Back better. Because we can't just build back to the way things were before. We have to do it better. Uh, yeah, so that's, you know, that's, I just, again, 
everyone's saying it. If you listen and you open your ears, just going to, you know, what if, right? What if this is all a whole planned thing? And next thing you know, COVID's a thing of the past. We're out of it. We're building back better. We're in the, what was it, the Paris Accords, the Iran deal. I mean, again, I just, if I'm wrong, I'll say it on the podcast and I'll do make goods like I did for the whole January 6th thing. But I mean, just kind of looking at the news, I don't know if you guys saw the whole Mary Lori Lightfoot pushing for Chicago's bar and restaurants to open as quickly as possible. I mean, I just feel like COVID's kind of taken backseat to this whole kind of impeachment stuff and things that are going on with, you know, let's say the events of the Capitol. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what I want to throw out there again. I, th- I think, you know, I personally think it's all over and we're just kind of moving forward into our new, Elite's overworld's world, but that's just me. Uh, T-Bone, I'd, I'd like to unpack a couple things that you, yeah, you, no, you said there. Uh, first and foremost, my girl Liz and uh, <laughs> our soon-to-be uh, fun aunt of the United States are both uh, representatives of the U.S. government. They're, they're using the campaign language for biden and i think the other world leaders that were in that clip were also just paraphrasing the language that biden was using to show unity and coalition building like i, I don't think it's so bad those where phrase... all of the sorry i was just Go gonna ahead. say some of those phrases came out prior to his announcement for his campaign slogan and all of that I mean, okay i could so be wrong i don't know exactly when his build back better slogan came out but i believe it was mid-pandemic i could be wrong Regardless, I think it's it's not a bad thing to have a collective voice and campaign for all the world leaders to say we're going to invest in our countries through infrastructure and um, local inf- uh, development because that's going to be the one tool that actually compounds and provides true value and long-term growth. Um, as it relates to your second argument, as it for COVID, I think one, you're right, it has gotten uh, a bit of a, become a second story, but let's not be, let's not be uh, misunderstanding it. COVID is still killing more people. Uh, More people are being, are receiving positive tests. It does look like the um, insurrection on the Capitol was in fact a super spreader event. There are multiple uh, congressional representatives that have tested positive due to the fact that their Republican colleagues refuse to wear a mask. So I do certainly agree with you that, you know, of uh, the news the last couple of weeks, um, the priority has been our domestic terrorist attack, which is probably valid. Uh, but they still have be been covering COVID. I just want to oh, put a disclaimer. I just throw in a disclaimer. Yeah. Then are we also labeling, Feel free. again, we can get as, into this too, but are we labeling everything over the summer as domestic terrorists as well? Well, you know, when you when you kill a, a man on a video and one is a whiny old man saying he won the votes when in fact he didn't, I think well, it's not I'm necessarily more so one specifically one, talking about like storming of the federal building in Portland for 90 days. Would you call them domestic terrorists? I think those two are certainly items that we could discuss. However, one was uh, a state matter, whereas this is a federal matter. This is a state 
This is an act of terrorism for the United States. I'm not well versed on the whole Chad thing. Um, if there are, in fact, people that were whatever, if you want, if you want to, if you want to arrest them, arrest them. Like, go for it. Anyone that is attacking um, U.S. property and defacing it and destroying it should be held um, responsible. But I do think it's important to realize, like, yeah, we have taken um, our primary focus from COVID because we had an attack on the Capitol. Like, we'll see, it's like, a valid thing to, to not... go ahead. Well, I mean, the reason why I'm just kind of pushing back so much on this is because I feel like labeling them as domestic terrorists and just kind of like throwing these words out there and saying like this, like just again, hearing what I've heard is that this is our generation's 9-11 or, you know, this is the most recent 9-11 or whatever. And comparing these kind of things, one, I think it cheapens previous events where there was actual like, you know, massive loss of life. But I don't see these people being terrorists in my view, because I think the word terrorist has like a certain meaning to it to where like there's you're terrorizing the population on behalf of some means where they were terrorized. They weren't when they were terrorizing, but they broke into the Capitol and basically intervened into the going session of the government. Like, I mean, I just don't see, again, I could see like the label for do the you domestic not terrorist think thing. Those but... that were planning, do you not think those that were planning on kidnapping and executing the vice president, the speaker of the house, the, the majority and the minority leader of the Senate would not be considered terrorists or, or I mean, what would do we you have like people? proof that that was actually their plans like where, like is this from sources say or like is yes because i've there seen were, like like you're saying the videos that people with zip ties and stuff but but i mean yeah, at the same time we've also had people say, identified hey, by the yeah. fbi that are leftist activists as well so i mean these are easily you could argue that these could be agent and provocateurs this... so the only thing i would add to that is i was just going on the fbi's website to see what they define specifically as domestic terror and they specifically state violent criminal acts committed by individuals and or groups to further ideological goals stemming from domestic influences, such as those of a political, religious, social, racial, environmental nature. So I think by pure definition, this would be considered a domestic terrorist act. I'll concede on that. All right, I'll give you that. No, I mean, again, I just want to make sure we're labeling these things correctly, because like if we're just going to divide ourselves and just like throw half of our country or half of these people without truly understanding who they are and just all of a sudden have hate. In our whoa, heart whoa, whoa. Let's be, be very clear. Let's be very clear. I'm not defining the 74 million people that voted for Trump as domestic terrorists. I'm defining those that stormed the Capitol, that bashed in the windows, that destroyed and defaced property and that were attempting to um, kidnap and execute elected officials as domestic terrorists. Not all people that were at that protest were domestic terrorists. I'm just saying those that had um, inappropriate plots and plans that continue to unfold are in fact domestic terrorists. So then I, I guess like, that... sorry, just one quick point I just want to say on that, just to make sure that we're being fair on both sides then is that the people that stormed cities over the summer for whether it was political or, you know, whatever the views or motives behind it, when they destroyed property, either personal or government, I mean, you would th throw them in the same category and that they should have been prosecuted and not released by district attorneys. And that, you know, even though the, and again, like can get into it, but just the amount that we saw from the left telling people how to protest without getting caught and like just promoting this kind of dissent and just this 
not anarchy. If their intent, like, but... if their intent was to incite violence and anarchy, then yes, they should have been arrested and detained as um, domestic terrorists. From my so what about like the congressmen and women who were calling for people to like go punch Trump supporters in the face and for calling of this violence on Trump supporters? I mean, again, just that simple thing or like go out into the streets and like don't get, you know, don't. Which, which congressional representatives were calling for? I believe for... one of them was Maxine Waters. Can we ha- do you have a do you have a fact or are you just uh, saying? let me pull up a clip let me pull, I wasn't 100% I be, I wasn't 100% ready to get into this I'll let RJ take it so I can find my cl- uh, clip to back me up just to give it a little brevity yeah, yeah I mean I appreciate you calling me to that on that Z I'm learning from the best I'm learning from the best if you guys hear some uh background noise that sounds like I'm just ripping ass there was <laughs> a uh guy here working on a water heater and drilling right next to the wall I'm sitting in so I'm not ripping ass, at least not that loud. So that's just forewarning. Anyways, <laughs> I think it's, uh, I, I, this will kind of tie into my segment too. Um, I think there's a, I, I want to truthfully believe there's a fine line between, um, there's a group of people that identify as conservatives and there's a group of people that identify as Trump loyalist and Trumpism. And so I think when, I'm glad to hear you know Z say I don't think 74 million people who voted Republican are domestic terrorists you know because that's important to remember um, and and I'm not going to get to it yet because that's my whole segment but I just wanted to comment on that too that I do think that there's a fine line that there are Republicans who have been Republicans for years and then there are also loyal Trumpists who were on full display at the Capitol on January 6th. And that clip was Maxine Waters, where she was telling supporters to go find. I don't. I, I can't remember the full context, but it was Maxine Waters. She was at some rally. Yeah. So, so we should hold her accountable too. We should censure her. Look at removal. I, you know, if we're did, gonna. Did you we're... did you find it, T-Bone? I'm still trying to find it. Uh, let me just. I mean, if we're going back to the definitions itself, was her stating that a violent or criminal act? I think this, if you're, you know, it was a call if, for violence, like, well, I, I don't remember the exact, law. the exact context of, of what she said, but I think you, you, you know, you, you can't call for violence. You can't be, you can't call for, for, dem- we need to hold our public officials accountable for the words that they use, regardless of the party, the side, the level of office that they hold, whether it's a mayor, a congressional representative, or the president of the United States. If they are calling for violence, they need to be held accountable. Can we all agree to that? Yeah. Yes, yes. wholeheartedly. I just fear that that is more so a belief among the people and not the people who actually can kind of choose who pays or doesn't pay for these kind of things. Well, you know what we can do? We can call our uh, representatives to voice our concerns. T-Bone, I just uh, added the clip. I found it. Um, Did you find it? Yeah, in the insert title segment. It's under what do Republicans stand for. The very last, uh, uh, it's called victorygirlsblog.com. Okay, cool. Because I was about to maybe play it from my phone, and that would have been like the worst audio. So we don't want that for our listeners. We go above and beyond here. Uh, where'd you throw it? The very bottom of my show notes before movie segment. Yeah, I got it. 
separate children from their parents. How dare you pull children out of the arms of their mothers? How dare you lie and say you couldn't do anything about it? You're the one who caused it, and you're the one that we're going to make to turn it back because what you're doing now is lying, lying, lying. The American people have put up with this president long enough. What more do we need to see? What more lies do we need to hear? It is time for us to say, even though there are those who don't want us to say it, Mr. President, you need to be impeached. Do you know where in the clip she like specifically says it? But putting this on top of all that he has done, his alignment with Russia and Putin, his love of the of the dictators of the world, how he has not said one word. Do we know where that specific part is? I also want to say that the Russian collusion was shown to be false, but um, do we have that part? That's I'm looking. True. I'm looking it for is it true. right now. There's a congressional report on it. Yeah, there's a Senate report that agrees with it. They said that there was in fact Russian collusion. Not, in fact, directly associated with the president, but there was, in fact, Russian Oh, collusion. yeah, that they paid yeah. Facebook, like, a couple hundred thousand dollars to do a bunch of fake Hillary stories and, like, totally got everyone to believe that Bill had this, like, maybe he does actually have a kid. I don't know. I mean, you know, all those, like, f- where the fake news thing or- like originated? Yeah, I agree yeah, with I'm that. Not, but, I'm I not mean, saying... the whole, like, him colluding with Putin and, like, the whole thing that in- initiated the Mueller investigation, I mean, I think all of that has been proven and vetted well, out through Congress no. that it was fake. No. Yeah. That was I, that. I, Did you not watch that video? That what was that? Uh, what was the movie? There was like 15 minutes left. You had to watch. Oh no, I didn't watch propaganda. So it's like <laughs> at the five minute mark, T Bone. I think it's plot against the president or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, that whole that whole that whole movie was about the like the fraud and that they. Oh my! Okay, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Usa. Hey. T Bone. T Bone. This is a safe space. I want you to feel safe. safe. I do vocalize your fears. I just want to make sure that I don't go off the hinges this episode. (laughs) Okay. Five minutes, you said? Yeah, it was like the five-minute mark, I think. God is on our side. Doubt it. On the side of the children. On the side of what's right. On the side of what's honorable. On the side of understanding that if we can't protect the children, we can't protect anybody. And so, let's stay the course. Let's make sure we show up wherever we have to show up. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. We've got to get the children connected to their parents. The children are suffering. We don't know if the shock that they're going through can ever be overcome. We don't know what that... Okay, I'm sorry, I can't. She needs a way better audio guy. Ugh. But, okay, so yeah. she didn't say necessarily calling for punching him in the face, but at least yep. the harassment of these specific people. Um, I mean, again, like I, I, I wasn't prepared, and I'll bring the super clip next week just to, again, make good if we want to listen to it or not. But, I mean... yes. There's definitely news anchors that have called for it and actors, at least that I remember specifically De Niro and I want to say Don Lemon, specifically calling for violence on Trump supporters. So, I mean, again, I will give you Ziad. I will rescind my comment that she called for people to be physically attacked. But, I mean, 
I think, you know, this harassment is like, I mean, that is terrorizing, isn't it? So you're, you're saying challenging your elected officials when they are doing things that go against your nature or your beliefs is a bad thing? Well, wouldn't that argument be valid for the same thing that happened? Uh, she didn't. She didn't say to break into their cars or to break into the restaurant. What she said was to, when you see them, organize a crowd and tell them what they're doing is wrong. So, and just to make sure that I, just to, I, what I think you're referring to is that you're referring to Donald Trump called and incited violence that day at the Capitol. Yeah. Do you want to listen to the actual clip of what he said? We have to fight like hell. We're going to march down to the Capitol. I, I've heard it. If you'd like to play the full clip, feel free, but I feel like we might be going on too long on this. I mean, it's fine. If you guys think that we're beating it, I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse if we kind of have come to like a, I mean, I think we've kind of come to an understanding as far as. Unless it's a donkey, right? Yeah. Get it? Get it? (laughs) (laughs) So what you said earlier, T-Bone, during when you opened the segment that, you know, when they bring back better, whatever the three B's were, you said Build that better. Yeah. So you said it's, it's like a universal message right now. And you correct. said, you hope you're wrong or if I'm wrong, I'll admit it. What What is it that's up for debate is whether you're correct or wrong. Well, it's, okay. So what I would say was up for debate would be the fact and how fast we come out of this COVID-19 situation and this pandemic. And everyone's kind of been telling us, oh, end of 21, you know, we'll have the herd immunity, we'll have all the vaccines out, like that's when life should return to normal. But from what I'm seeing and guessing is that now that we have Biden, the person that, let's just say that other world leaders or, you know, globalists wanted into, you know, we have that administration in with also having a blue house and senate i mean again i just see very quickly that all of a sudden it's going to be it's just going to be like what it was for the swine flu and for uh whatever the other thing that we dealt with during obama's years where it was kind of almost a thing and then just happened to fade away i mean it's again it's what kind of what we're seeing with the news now it's more so seems important to impeach the president and to kind of go through these trials and to remove all these people off social media and all these kind of again we're getting into all these other issues that happened as a stem from january 6th but we're forgetting about I mean, they've released, you know, Biden wants to do the $2 trillion like relief bill and stuff. But I mean, again, it seems like the real people who need stuff have just been falling to the wayside, at least in my opinion. Like I could really give two shits if President Trump is impeached or not because he's 70, what, six, like four more years. I highly doubt he'll run again. Maybe he'll support someone or whatever. But so are you saying that? So I I just guess it's for me, it's I'm I'm a means guy. So I got to understand how we get from one place to another here. So (laughs) if how do you so you're so saying before things, so like by may we'll be back to normal life is what i'm saying so if that happens that means you're right then i would say that we are conforming yeah then i'm saying i mean again my proponent or what i'm proposing here is that more so that like again it's just the global agenda is then being pushed forward so then if trump would have won and would have had another four years what would have happened now in 2021 with this virus I think we would have seen the virus continue, and I think we would have seen a COVID-20, honestly. So you think there would have been another pandemic and things would have gotten worse? Yeah, probably. And so now you're saying because he lost and Biden's about to take over, you know, longest term, end of 2021, this will be done. I think before that, but I mean, from what everyone's been saying 
when Trump was in office and did the news, again, listening to the news prior to January 6th, everyone was talking, Fauci was talking that we should be hitting like an 80 to 90% herd immunity by that time with the amount of vaccines that should be given out by that time. So <coughs> their prediction for just going with the normal plan was that we would be done with this or whatever. Yeah, like so you're is saying, that, end of 21. Is that a bad thing? For what? Is it is it bad if you're wrong and we're, and the virus is is contained and we start giving back to some, you know, normalcy that we once had pre-COVID in May. No, that that would mean I'm right. But would that be bad if you're right? Would that be wrong? Is that a bad thing if you're correct that this is what you're saying it is? It's just, I mean, it really just depends on your viewpoint. So, I mean, the reason why I think like a lot of people got behind Trump and a lot of the things that happened over the last four years was just kind of bringing certain issues to the table that weren't talked about before, whether it was foreign policy and our trade issues or, you know, our economy or whatever, you know, news and just again, like all those kind of issues weren't brought up before this election. And I think after this election, at least we've had this change to where now, even personally within my own circles, I know I'm having way more conversations about politics that ever happened before. Like if we had politics conversations before, it was more so because we were interested in it or we were just kind of nerds or whatever. But now everyone seems to be kind of more informed to an extent, whatever side you're informed by. But I mean, that's, I guess what I'm just saying is that like, I feel like it's not bad, but I mean, it's just kind of like a, the best way I guess I'm conflicted. I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm just conflicted on how, I mean, like, what do I want? No. Cause I want, I know what I want. I want this to be over and, and I yeah. want this to get, I want the COVID to be gone and, and just how tragic it's been. And it's tough for me to support that potential mindset that, you know, well, and I definitely don't want to like undervalue it. No. And I, and I, I just, agree. I don't, I don't I just think you also want to like kind of put in like even kind of Zia brought it up earlier, triggered something in my head was that when he was talking about the cases, and the infection rates. So over the just this year, we went from deaths to cases to infections. So like, I mean, again, the information that we're being told by the standards of which we're locking down seems to have changed and evolved over time. Again, I, it's just kind of things I've been kind of picking up on and listening over time, but it, it's- Ralph K, do you have any thoughts there? Yeah, so for those standards, and I think for the entire scientific community as a whole, like it should change as we get more data on what's effective and what's not effective. And so if we look at Nevada specifically, um, every most Thursdays they have um, uh, a meeting where they kind of get together with kind of the heads of the state along with the kind of heads of the counties to discuss kind of what's going on at the county level. And so they have three criteria that has fluctuated, not fluctuated, has changed over time to better um, identify when a county should go into further lockdown or when things can start opening up more. Um, and that's how things always should be in, in science. Um, I think there's always this misunderstanding that when a study is conducted and there's a conclusion, that is it is a fact and it can't change. And that's not the case. But for something new like COVID, it should change based off of the most recent data. Um, with that being said, I, I think what we're seeing as a whole is like our, the, the overall trends, our response to kind of how the general population kind of interacted and either listened or did not listen to kind of the directives that was pushed down from the president, the governors and like city officials. So um, 
I'm not sure if that answered the question or not, if I just went on a tangent. I mean, like, I think this is going to take us into a whole different tangent on COVID. And again, I want to make it clear that I'm not trying to undersell the value or the threat level or the importance of this thing. But just comparing states again, mm-hmm. and I know it's also kind of, you know, a tit for tat type thing to do, but it's just. I just feel like talking about it without any evidence to really support myself or theories or views will just make me sound even more like a crazy conspiracy theorist. But I guess my whole thing is that we never questioned where a lot of our tax dollars go and a lot of like benefits and things that happened in the past, whether or not it was trade deals or whatever. And I fear, and again, you know, what real difference does it make in the grand scheme of things? Who really knows? But that will go back to being that ignorant kind of, oh, we got our normal lives back, so whatever. And then we're going back into kind of, uh, you know, trade deals. I get like, I don't know if it's good or bad. I mean, that's just kind of the thing that we maybe I should mean, debate for another time or a different day because I think we can just kind of keep going down this rabbit hole. But I mean, the whole like some of the proposed ideas with this whole great reset that they're trying to do globally is to get rid of cash and go to like a cashless society. Is that good or bad? I don't know. There's certain things we can debate on that. But it's just there's these certain policies and things that I think are going to be coming in and happening that are going to be a global trend, whether or not that's good or bad. I mean, this is kind of more of your personal opinion. But I guess my fear is more so the sovereignty of the U.S. But I mean, I mean, just to touch base on kind of what you mentioned earlier, I think you're absolutely right that um, the way things are funded, the way things are prioritized is based off of partially based off of what's really pertinent in the time being. So when previous pandemics or epidemics occurred, there was a stockpile of goods to help prevent a future pandemic. But once another pandemic didn't occur for like a decade or so, there was less interest in that. So less less funding for that. And those funds were then transitioned to something else that was more pertinent at the time. And because of that, we're we're in a situation with COVID. And that's part of the reason why the U.S. is doing so poorly. Um, So I, I, I do think that once COVID and things are off people's minds, that it, it will um, fluctuate and change um, in terms of prioritization. I do hope public health gets continued funding, uh, but I, I would expect it to to get reduced in the long run. Can I, can I just add one final point? Um, just to add to what T-Bone had initially talked about, like the whole argument of whether or not COVID is just going to disappear in the next couple months. Uh, I hope, I hope you're right. I hope that there is a whole global cabal of organizing. No, no, no. I don't hope about that. That's not, I mean, I want to be very clear. If there's an organized effort to get everyone vaccinated and immune to this, hell yeah, let's get it done. I I do want to just push back like T-Bone. The reason we've had so many failures is because the Trump administration continued to drop the ball or continued to push responsibility onto others. As we've already seen in the incoming Biden administration, they're putting out plans and initiatives to say, this is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to work with states. And this is what we're going to do. Whereas the last couple of months, it's been mixed messaging, mixed understanding and constant miscommunications and constant change. And I get it. I agree with Prof K that with science and evidence there comes constant change but it wasn't related to the science it was related to the politics and i think we're already seeing now the politics is let's listen to the science this is our plan and we will make adjustments as need be 
And, and just to tie into that, I, I don't think I, I don't think Trump really did support um, kind of those drastic measures early on. And we, we are suffering consequences to that. But I also think th these are issues that have occurred at the state level as well, where certain states, their governors didn't necessarily implement some of these strategies to reduce the burden of disease. Uh, and that's why in some of those states, you're seeing drastic rates right now. Um, and so I, I do think it, there's issues at the federal level, but there's issues at the local level. And I'm level glad you said well. that, James, because that's just kind of the point I wanted to make is I just didn't want to, or if we were going to make those statements yet, I would just want to like, or Z, I would just want to bring that stuff to the table to show those fallings in those moments instead of just kind of blankly, like, again, like kind of me just not to say that it's not true, but I would just prefer to see evidence of it instead of just kind of like declaring it as fact, if that makes sense. I mean, we did get supposedly the fastest vaccine under Operation Warp Speed or whatever. So, I mean, again, like I'm to me, like I don't want to really, and this maybe is like a good transition into RJ's topic or not. Um, well, we also have a what time did I say? Sorry. Um, but it's just really again for me, like Trump is kind of he's not. I you know I was supporting the policies more than anything else, and at this point now it's said and done. So I'm you know I'm looking for new candidates i want younger people in our government i'm tired of all these old people so it's like bring on like, josh holly baby I'm josh just, holly all the way or uh <laughs> what's that guy's name uh ted cruz yeah that? baby no, no no uh the the younger kid rj knows who i'm talking about <laughs> Hawthorne or something crenshaw Hawthorne or uh no the no. congress guy the guy that's uh disabled right the guy yeah that's, he's uh, uh, in a wheelchair and Pelosi's trying to like, or like, I guess like his, like a bunch of people from his district trying to get Pelosi. Oh, I don't, I'm not sure. I know Dan, Dan Crenshaw is someone I usually um, really respect. He's a former Navy, Navy SEAL. Um, I hear, I hear he's a pussy because he voted by proxy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zaddy. <laughs> so anyways, I don't know. Again, I just wanted to transition from kind of that. I don't know. But yeah, I think but it's important so to note that there. there's so much stuff to You know, about. you bring up good questions and good thoughts on it as far as thinking, you know, past it in the T-bone way, but also that you also just you guys hear the drilling. See? Oh, that's yeah. definitely your ass. You that? I'm, not even, I'm not even going to mute it anymore. Getting just wet. It. I was no. just going to say it's as much as T-bone thinks about <laughs> it and pro proposes this, I don't think any of us at Real Boys would be disappointed to have the coronavirus behind us by May of 2021. No, I love living in my uh, house by myself and not seeing oh, people. Again, I like I said, it's it's not anything that I'm like saying, oh yeah, I know I want to be locked down for another year. Like I'm get it. It's just more so, I guess, kind of opening your eyes to the fact that like, it's a fucking game. The game is rigged. Can't play that. Yeah, who's that comedian? George Carlin. I'm talking about. George Carlin. I think this is it. Ooh, that one sounded sexy, Zaddy. That's what are you true. That was coming from you. <laughs> I thought that was Professor A. A lot of ass ripping over here. Can we just say... Ripping ass? Yeah. What, what, what does that phrase mean? Is someone's... I mean, I get like what it means. Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Prof K, what does it mean? Yeah. What does uh, Google say? Make sure you Lit, type in play this clip clean version. You and I are not in the big club. 
By the way, it's the same big club they use to beat you over the head with all day long when they tell you what to believe. All day long, beating you over the head in their media, telling you what to believe, what to think, and what to buy. The table is tilted, folks. The game is rigged, and nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. Good, honest, hardworking people, white collar, blue collar, doesn't matter what color shirt you have on. Good, honest, hardworking people continue. These are people of modest means. Continue to elect these rich cocksuckers who don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about you. They don't care about you at all. At all. At all. Yeah. You know? And nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. That's what the owners count on. The fact that Americans will probably remain willfully ignorant of the big red, white, and blue dick that's being jammed up their assholes every day. Because the owners of this country know the truth. It's called the American dream, because you have to be asleep to believe it. Really? Totally agree with you. Like, uh, Mr. West? Huh? Oh, oh, (laughs) hell yeah, give me more. I love AOC. Not her policies, but her. Some more Jamal Jamal, uh, Bowman. No, we need some Kaylee McEnany's, like... Uh, I don't know. She's married to a professional baseball player. Do you think she? Do you think she's really aligned with the people? I love her. I love her. I'm not. I'm not disagree. I'm not arguing with her. Just, you think she's in the trenches, brother? Yeah. Let's, let's be very clear. And, and, and is, is Pelosi in set trenches? I, did I name Pelosi? No, you didn't. I am. I'm throwing her in even there. But, An eighty-year-old okay, well, woman should go retire and hang out with her her grandchildren. I agree with you. I'm telling you, bro, the neck jiggle rule. We need to just add that in as a as a requirement. Hey, no one has the neck jiggle like Mitch. That's what Moscow, I'm saying. Get him too. I want to just touch that neck. I want to just grab it, just jiggle <laughs> it. It's not sexual, I swear. <laughs> a little bit, just a wee bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> All right, Prof K. Uh, what do you got going let's, on? Let's transition from political conversation real quick to uh, Prof K. So, I mean, I'm not sure if we want to talk about this now or later, but I think the main things that I've been more interested in lately. I'll say lately, as in the past couple of months, is just general COVID and kind of just movies. Uh, I think movies and TV shows have been extremely a relaxing way to kind of get away from things. It puts you in an environment that usually can't happen. Uh, some movies are, you know, based on facts. So those movies definitely can't happen. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about plot plot of the president, right? Plot against like the, the, movie the president. Plot okay, against. did you Excuse finish me, it? Did you finish it? James, started. Smart, ah. smart man. Didn't Devin Nunez just receive the Medal of Freedom from President Trump for his investigative work on that? Yeah, so Rush Limbaugh got it two years ago. What, like, it means what? Are you, what are you saying? Days. Didn't Ellen get it? Fucking, <laughs> what's the Patriots coach said? He, he declined it because of the recent week. Bill Belichick. Yeah, he's yeah. Like, you know, I got laundry to do. <laughs> He was concerned for his safety, Zaddy. Exactly. As an old white man, he's terrified. <laughs> the pandemic knows no color. <laughs> uh, do we have a caller? I think we... Let me see. Hold on. I think... Do we have someone on the line? I think... Hello? Oh, there we go. Yep. Hello. Caller number four, you're live with uh, Real Talk with the boys. Woo! Yeah, that's the kind of excitement we love to hear. 
<laughs> have you uh have you been listening? Are you ready to play our mystery sound game? I'm ready. All right. Do you know the rules? Do we need to explain the rules? You get three guesses. Uh, we'll play the sound for you three times, and uh, you can get one hint from either Gordo or T-Bone, okay? All right. Sounds good. Let me All hear right. it. Were you able to hear that? Yes. Is it someone um, scuba diving? It is not. That is a very good guess. It is not good a scuba guess. diver, though. Good guess. Do you want to hear it again? Yes. Someone breathing. <laughs> um, it is someone breathing. You have to guess who is breathing. I'll take a hint. Go ahead. Well, I, I feel like I just gave a hint, so you go ahead. <laughs> it is, you have to guess who is breathing. Okay. RJ can maybe, or excuse me, Gordo maybe can give you a uh, better hint. Um, let's see. So you need to guess the person that is breathing. Um. The person breathing has some serious family problems. <laughs> this is true. He does have some very serious That's family solid problems. Solid hint. Solid hint. <laughs> Let's play it again, right. T-Bone. All right. Is it later? It is. Darn ding, 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 ding. Yeah, caller number four. <laughs> Way to go. What do I win anything? Uh, the money will be donated to a fund on your behalf. Oh, that's exciting. Which yeah. fund? The Barstool Relief Fund. We're going to be donating the money to help uh, local businesses that were approved by that fund. Oh, cool. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, thanks for accepting my call. No problem. Thank you for playing. Thanks for calling in. Call Thanks us. for subscribing. And, and you know, yeah, we would appreciate sure you, a review. Uh, subscribe, <laughs> like, and uh, leave a review. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Daddy, don't be so aggressive to the callers. So, just smash that button. <laughs> I'm just enthusiastic. That is true. That is true. You know, I, I have been curious more about, we have been really watching movies um, in the cinema later, or re more recently, we've been watching movies more so at home just because theaters haven't been open. And I, I did want to get everyone's take on um, if that's something that you guys prefer if that's what you see the transition from like the movie industry industry going to more of a streaming service and how that would then impact the quality of the films that we see just because funding is drastically decreasing um, for some of these films but other ones like murder mystery and some other big movies on like netflix and things they do get um, pretty well funded um, to actually create them well i mean i guess 
this is kind of an area to discuss the uh, the DC transition, right? Or, or was it Star Wars? Like, what 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 franchise was it that's totally uh, committed to streaming? Uh, Wasn't it Warner HBO Brother. that said they're going to release Warner Brother? Warner Brother. Okay. So I don't know how much money you know. I don't know. I think I think you could easily say uh, that streaming's it's definitely more accessible, right? It's easier. You're home. You're comfortable. Uh, and you know, you, some, a lot of times pay less than what you'd pay at the movie theater and, uh, everyone gets to enjoy it and, and go from there. But I don't know if you can really ever take away the, just the amazing experience that I remember anyways, going to a movie in a theater with other people, you know, when we watched Avengers Endgame and the second time and the, the theater was just so into it and they were cheering and laughing, like, that's just something you can't replace from a streaming standpoint in my eyes, but I don't know what the hit financially is from a revenue standpoint that these companies are taking, but from the viewer standpoint, you know, I'm excited for movie theaters to reopen whenever that happens. And I'm excited to actually go to a movie that is going to have that sound, you know, just shaking my seat and vibrating the, the soda and the previews, you know, it's just, I see why the streaming can be more accessible. I just hope that, from a selfish standpoint, I hope they don't take it away completely. Some movies from movie theaters, because I don't know. I just, I just, it's just something that, you know, V and I love to do and just go and just get away, you know, it's, and you can't really get away at home, you know, as much as you're streaming it, it's something new you haven't seen when you're in the dark like that. And the projections, the only light on, it's just, it's just different. So I hope that they keep the movie theaters at least to the same extent that they had it pre COVID and they don't transition too far away from the big screen. You know, I, I would agree with that. I think it's definitely an experience, but I do think that home theater, like the cost, like the barrier to get into home theaters has drastically changed over the past 30 years. Like 30 years ago to create a good home theater, you had to spend tens of thousands of dollars. Now we're getting to the point where, um, you know, Bluetooth speakers, although they're not quite as good as like passive wired speakers to um, an AV system, like you can get a decent system together for like less than like $5,000 now. Um, you can get a basic one going for a couple of hundred dollars even. So I, I do wonder if that will change. Like I, I think I agree where that the atmosphere, the audience that's there definitely helps improve the quality. But I also do think there's a big possibility that can, it can detract away from it as well. Like there's been, I don't know why, but so many times we've gone to the theaters, there's always been a baby next to me. <laughs> always me, not, not, not V just, just me. I don't know why. And I have nothing against that. Um, so I, I feel like I it's coming off as someone who hates children. Um, I don't, I, I think children are great. Yada, yada, yada. Um, he has to say it. We all know what he means. <laughs> what's the, uh, what's the last um, movie you guys saw before COVID hit in theaters? Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Solid movie. I think it was Debo? Sonic the Hedgehog. Ooh. Oh. Which is a great movie. I didn't even see that yet. Highly recommended. Jim Carrey kills it. I don't know. Koozie or Prof K, do you remember? I don't know. I'm looking up like the movies that were released in theaters over the past couple of months to see what it was, but I don't remember. It was so long ago now. One thing I will say, um, 
RJ, just to kind of go to your, just to kind of give you some light at the end of that tunnel. Uh, the Wonder Woman director said if she's doing a third one, that she wants it to be released in theaters. Oh, good. So like, there well, are Patty, I want to see her. I want to see the script before she puts it out in theaters. Like, <laughs> yeah. we're not going. We're not going Wonder Woman eighty four again. Yeah. yeah. No, again, I, get, like I, I, said, I, I think so, they screwed up with their multiple villain thing there, but yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still going to to defend it to a certain degree. I don't think it was like. You know, as good as the first one, definitely not. But I think the director's style is more of like an uplifting film, not for realism. And I think in that regard, like, like if we're to dissect it to like a very minute level, if you were to get rid of everyone's wishes, I'm sure there's some people who are like, I wish for world <laughs> peace and I wish everyone, like no one was hungry. And then they're like, you have to denounce your wish. And they're like, no, th- my wish was a good wish. Um, so... I think the realistic aspect isn't there, but I think the uplifting part, I, I think it, it is there. And that was like the same thing with the first one. The director had like a huge conflict with the studio, with um, Ares being like the final villain. She, The director did not want that, but the, the studio really wanted to emphasize that just because they wanted a traditional movie. And I think if she wasn't there and it was the humans that were like causing evil, that would have better pushed her agenda, which, which I'm not opposed to. So I think it's like... Different people, I forget the phrase, like different people, different strokes or something like that. Different strokes um, for different people. Yeah. Different strokes for different Thank folks. Ah, what does that even that mean? Is. What does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back on that one. <laughs> I don't even, I forget what the last thing we were looking up that I got distracted by playing that George Carlin clip. Did we ever figure that out? Sorry, not to take us back in the conversation like 20 minutes, but. Oh, rip an ass? Oh, yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you can get understand where, like, what it actually means. So, r- ripping A is just basically flatulence, but it's too extreme that someone's um, anus actually. <laughs> Rob, can you please say that again? <laughs> I mean that, that is which, yeah. Which part of the body rips? The, the anal sphincter. <laughs> I think that might be the new uh, uh, oh, pod title. What's the time? Finger. <laughs> uh. So, we, Prof K, I think uh, there's a couple movies that we have queued up here that you want to discuss. I think that's a fantastic idea. I think we have a few clips uh, to potentially transition us over. You want Tenet first? Oh, yes, man. please. Spoilers. All I have for you word. Tenet. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones, too. Can't leave anything to chance. But can we change things if we do it differently? What's happened to happen? an expression of faith in the mechanics of the world. Ah! Not an excuse to do nothing. Hey, you never did tell me who recruited you, Neil. I only guessed by now. You did. You have a future in the past. Years ago for me, years from now for you. I think this is the end of a beautiful friendship. But for me, it's just the beginning. Welcome to the afterlife. 
So obviously Tenet has been like the big blockbuster film that a lot of people have been waiting for, especially since it's been delayed like all the other movies over the past couple of months. And especially being a Nolan movie, um, it's been even more highly anticipated. And I know we've all had a chance to watch it uh, at least once, a few of us uh, more than once, but I, I did really want to get everyone's take on it. I feel like we have a well-diverse group of people here who have different interests in films. Um, some of us are like Nolan fanboys. I don't know. I might be one of them. Um, <laughs> Definitely one of them. I may or may not have seen all his films. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we, we can all agree that he can do no wrong. Um, with oh, that being said, that. some bold statements, my friend. <laughs> I, I do think, and uh, maybe I'll just start this off. Like, in my personal opinion, I think this is more of like a classic Nolan film, where you have uh, a very convoluted story that is relatively difficult to follow the first time you view it, where there's a lot of mystery, a lot of unknowns, to to the point where you're confused, um, like a quarter or halfway into the film before you get a better grasp of what's going on. Um, but then there's all these grand spectacles. You know, no one is really well known to, for um, using realistic props versus kind of CGI. So like the plane scene, that was a real plane. That was a real building. And when they did calculate the cost, that was actually cheaper than doing the CGI method. So I really enjoyed it. There's a lot of controversy over the story, about the purpose, and if it was well over the top. And yeah, you know, some parts, sure. But I think... That puzzle aspect where you had to piece things together, you have to rewatch it two or three or more, maybe more times, and you pick up more things each time. I think that was great. Um, there's definitely a lot of questions about if there was an alternate agenda, climate change, and all that. And I think we're going to get into that in a little bit. But yeah, I just really want to get everyone's thoughts on here, what you, what you thought of the movie as a whole. T-Bone? I mean, for me, I loved it. I As a, just kind of a super sci-fi nerd anyways, I mean, just the like... I had kind of had suspicions in the beginning. Um, I actually, I had, so spoilers. I mean, we kind of ruined, didn't ruin it, but we definitely had some spoilers there with the, uh, with that clip. But I had thought it was Robert Pattinson's character. That was the, the man in the building, not, I forget the other actor's name. Um, the other main character. So like, yeah. So like that part I had guessed wrong, but I assumed it was one of them in the hallway. Um, but then, so I had kind of like gotten the idea that like the whole thing that like his end is his beginning and vice versa for them too, like makes sense to me because that has been like a, like a story for like time travel shows. So like where, you know, someone meets someone where they die, but for them it was like the end of their life. But like at the reverse, like, you know, they met them first when the person knew or everything already about them. Does that make sense? Like time for them traveled in opposite directions. So Um, so like for me, I thought that was all super cool. Um, I just, this is kind of all movies, but I just, you know, there was like one part and the guy was just like trying to like, whatever help the future. And he was just like, they want their future back. And because we destroyed the planet, they think that, you know, they can take the future. The future can refix the planet or whatever their plan was to get basically like reverse the time overall, um, to destroy the past to save the future or whatever. But I was just like, if you can time travel, Shouldn't you just be able to fix your climate anyways? So to me, that whole thing, I just felt like it was more so kind of like a, trying to just, you know, move forward that agenda. But again, I just my, I questioned the logic of it because I was just like, again, I don't know if you could time travel. I feel like you could do a lot of other crazy technological stuff. 
I, I mean, to that point, I think this kind of goes back to like, so most time, time travel movies and shows, the basis of those are that there's a singular timeline. So if you go in the past, you fix something, then it fixes the future or you can't change the past that there's a, a cause and effect, a set, a set mm -hmm. path for everything. Then like the Avengers movie, Avengers Endgame, where they go into multiple timelines. So I think for Tenet, they did bring this up at one point saying that you don't really know what's happening and that you have to have faith. And I think this is Robert Pattinson's quote, uh, quote, you have to have faith in the mechanisms of the world. So you don't necessarily know that if you do something, it will change something or if it will create a new timeline. And so I think that's where that action comes into play. So that unknown fact, I think, did this movie... Uh, more justice just because in other time travel movies there is like a set rule that if you go in the past you're going to change the future or if you go in the past you're going to create a new timeline in this movie you don't know because no one really does know and so i think that's where what he said that doing nothing is not it's not an excuse but then you could argue though that time has already been like it's already said and done so they, they couldn't change anything because what they were going to do is already did been done but they don't know that for sure so if if that was the case they know that if they do nothing, things will still work out. And that means in the future, they did nothing as well. But if it creates a separate timeline that they're kind of causing just a whole bunch of problems to occur, like what would happen in Avengers Endgame? So because going in the past created a new timeline, if they did nothing, that new timeline would kind of diminish and fail as a whole. When we're going to get super into this and uh, Ziad and RJ, please, yeah, <laughs> please, uh, please let us know if we get way too nerdy into this. Um, Oh, my, my hot take is Tenant is a great movie. Don't understand it. Need to watch it a couple more times. <laughs> I had a conversation with one of our pod listeners from lovely Colorado, Denver, Colorado. Shout out to our uh, listener, uh, C. Blakeman. That might be a little too obvious, so let's call him Connor B. Uh, he also had the same thought. Very confusing. Need to watch it a couple more times. Yeah, I feel like I don't have enough knowledge to really give any kind of substantive content review on this. I was so confused. <laughs> I knew I was going to be confused and I was still deterred by how much I was confused. So um, I guess like, so just a... it was a good, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, it, I, I think it was good. I think it was, uh, you know, I think it was good. I don't know. <laughs> it was, it was fun to watch. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> You know, it was fun to watch. There were some cool, you know, effects to it. And um, I can't knock it because I knew what I was getting into with the Christopher Nolan film like this. Um, I did watch, you know, two or three YouTube clips just kind of explaining some of the significance of the backpack and um, the little, the red ribbon, I think it was. Um, but, you know, it was a Christopher Nolan film. So if you're going to watch it, you know, it's going to be confusing unless you're Prof K and, and T-Bone, but for your typical watcher like Zaddy and I, grab a booze and just hang on. <laughs> grab, grab a banquet, I, I will grab a banquet. Oh, there you go. No free ads. <laughs> like, this is a movie that, like, I would say is definitely a great idea to watch in a theater or on, like, an old TV just because he did use a 65 millimeter and a 70 millimeter film for this, so... It was the 4K intermediate. So like the actual film itself was filmed in 4K and the quality is there. Yeah. The soundtrack is pretty amazing as well. Uh, I think if you have to listen to any of anything on there. Posterity 
just like a short 12 minute clip. Oh, Z, like Ludwig did. Z, were, were, was I the only one who would occasionally pause the movie to see how much time was left? Honestly, honestly, oh God, I, I felt you. like the movie flew by. It flew by okay, for me. Okay. So, so it was just me. <laughs> no, no, our, our uh, listener I mean, okay, had the I same say, thought, but I didn't feel that way. <laughs> I will say, when you're watching a movie, definitely don't do that because then you can have a sense of how much time is left. So, you know, if something going to happen if there's going to be resolution or not so you want to keep that mystery for yourself i so feel like just, there was a resolution and i didn't get the resolution i'm sorry i'm with james if you're in it just write it to the end wait until Gordo, how many times oh, did you credits. pause it to see how many how many times did you pause Ugh, it? when we were like probably at the one an hour and a half mark it was a solid every 15 minutes i would just and i already knew how much time was left but i still kept checking well because you were going back backwards and forwards it's not your fault <laughs> Okay, oh, so don't start. See, thank you. I, I want you to bring me back into this because I think the thing that we need to dis- differentiate here, James, and this is for you know, I would say our super sci-fi nerd listeners, is that time travel in the sense that you're thinking is more so opening a space and time between two points in space and time, where Tenant is about reversing the flow of time, so that like mm. you're not technically traveling to a different point in space and time, but you're just reversing the flow of everything. So in order for Robert Pattinson's character to do what he did at the end, everything would have had to happen in his past would have had to happen. So everything in, you said Washington was his last name, right? Uh, Everything that happened with Washington's character has to happen. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it's almost predetermined because it was his past. And this, we're not talking like time travel, like again, going between two points in space and time. We're talking about actually staying within the same space, but reversing the flow of time. I mean, that is a really good, point with that being said sorry i wanted to get it out to maybe he'll help you guys understand the movie a little better so or not did um, i confuse you more? the idea oh is... i'm lost i'm 100 <laughs> lost in this discussion okay sorry james continue though i want to hear this so wait sure sure so when you do time travel in like the classic sense where you go from one point in time and you magically appear at a different time so let's say has everyone seen um dark yes oh yes, yes. um uh, sometimes all right all right so that is a classic example of like going back to a certain point of time. And then you could potentially create a new timeline. Timeline. Dark is not that case. That's fine. But in the case of where you're going back in time, you're still causing a different event to potentially occur. So whenever you cause some other potential change, with string theory, you're talking about another timeline being developed when you do something slightly different. So whether you're going reverse in time or jumping to a different point in time, uh, if the theory behind multiple timelines exists, then you will still create a new timeline by going backwards. Well, that's what I'm saying is that a new timeline isn't created in this movie. Because, again, as you saw the movie play out, he was there in that fight that we had seen happen earlier in the movie. Like, again, I feel like this is a certain amount of predeterminism built into the... Again, this is something I would love to just get Mr. Nolan in here and chat with him about. No, because no. I think, I, I think... At least in my mind, in order for the... Again, it's like it's that two reverse flows of time. In order for the past to happen, the future has to happen. And in order for the future to happen, the past to have had to happen. I, I think like the, the end is behind the beginning. Fatalism, the beginning I, is the end. I think that... Can we talk about soul? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, yeah. Let, I mean, James, yeah, no, I'm ready to transition. But I mean, please finish. Last, last. All right, yeah, no, I'm just gonna do say, yeah, like, two or three it. more lines. So, <laughs> so. The idea behind fatalism is everything's predetermined, which I think you could almost take and say that that's what happened in this movie, that everything has to occur. Everything's in one large loop. So John Washington does his thing, jumps back in time, helps 
Robert Pattinson become his friend, does his thing, and then it continues on. But I think that comes back to, I'm going to go back to Robert Pattinson's quote, which is probably one of my favorite things from this movie. What's happened, happened. It's expression of faith in the mechanic, the mechanics of the world. It's not an excuse for doing nothing. And so even though, like, if we believe that everything is predetermined, if you don't do anything, and in that case, let's say it isn't predetermined, you create a whole separate timeline, a whole separate universe. But if you continue to do the right thing, quote unquote, then you'll hopefully create the same timeline. So we're never given the resolution, in my opinion, when I've seen it, um, that it is predetermined, that it doesn't go into multiple timelines. But that's just my opinion. Um, I will probably, no, I, I, say, no, I, I gotta, will definitely I watch, watch this again. movie again. Um, so I'll, <laughs> <laughs> so I'll yeah, let no, you know my we'll, thoughts we'll, in the future. We'll revisit this. But in the present. Hey, there you go. You guys are getting it. <laughs> But I, I do like the idea of maybe transitioning over to to our next Me film. Too. I just want to um, let you guys know. And I, I think was it's like definitely so way more accessible to watch this movie because I had a feeling I knew it was like what it was about. And then like I started watching it and I was like, oh, this is going to be about music. Psych. I mean, it is about music, but it's like not about music. So, all right, what do we? You want to be known for on Earth. short time on this planet you want to become the person that you were born to be don't waste your time on all the junk of life what am i doing spend your precious hours doing what will bring out the real you the brilliant passionate you that's ready to contribute something meaningful into this world So, who wants to get started? Gordo, what are your thoughts? I mean, it you know, it was a it was a classic Pixar Disney movie to me, you know? I mean, part of enjoying these movies is just enjoying the movie. And so and not looking for the subliminal messages and the propaganda and how China owns the they world. Throw it in your face, man. How, T-Bone? What was the subliminal message in Soul that was so apparent to you that you've now ruined what Sophia views as a great Pixar? Oh no, it was a great Pixar movie, and I think that their representation of us as beings of light is like such a deep level thing. Like, I want to get into that. That's what I wanted to discuss with this. But no, don't you ruin this for me. But well, no, it's mainly because it's something Yoda said, and there's just like this, whatever. Anyways, um, when you look at the little Earth thing that they got, the Earth Pass. When yes. you think of a globe, do you see the northern and southern hemispheres of America, the Americas, most of the time? Yeah, yes. right? They're at the bottom and the yeah. top. Well, if you look at the globe they had there, smack dab in the middle of it, China. Arguably, and though. where did she fly down onto Earth when she was going off to finally go and become a human? They were heading towards China. But they landed in America. Yeah, I know, I know. So how does that make sense? But did they? But did they? We don't <laughs> I don't know. That's the thing. Well, actually, we don't know where she That's landed, it. but we know that he went back there. But I mean, for me, yeah. I mean, again, like, I wasn't. It wasn't a lot, but <laughs> I mean, it's just like the Star Trek films. Look at all the Star Trek films. You'll notice all of the ships are named after like Chinese generals and stuff. Like the Samsung ship has shown up here, and you're like, okay. Like I don't. Again, I'm just I'm just throwing it out I'm, there. I'm looking at the. 
I'm looking at the Earth's past right now. I don't see China on there. I, I feel it's centered around Africa and Europe with the Americas on the left the side. The same thing, brother. <laughs> global elites, global elites <laughs> taking over. At least you guys are getting it. No, <laughs> I like I, it. I will agree. I think yeah. there was a great message behind it that it's like the simpler version of Tenet. You know, <laughs> you get to see what your life could have been if you were able to go back in time as a different body or a cat and then live that life through someone else who shows you what could have been. Gordo, how, how what was the takeaway? Like, and you know, I obviously don't have kids. At least I know though. Um, what <laughs> would, if you don't mind me asking, what was the takeaway with, uh, with your, with your little one? Like, it was not her favorite Pixar. I will say that it was a little deeper than she was uh, able to understand. Um, Do you guys talk about it? Know, I, um, to the extent we could, I guess. Um, she liked some of the. I mean, she liked you know the animations of it. She liked you know the the laughable parts. She was able to kind of comprehend, but it was it kind of was a little deeper than most Pixar you know movies. Yeah. So, but uh, she enjoyed it. But that brings up. Um, I forgot you don't like Inside Out. Hate it. Lindsay. Hate it. We have got to discuss that another time because I I think that is such a good movie. We don't need to talk about childhood depression. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I take that back. We should just maybe not in that setting. <laughs> but no, I think Soul was you know like you like I said I think it was your traditional Pixar Disney good film movie that you know was just a good little family one to watch and maybe a little bit more advanced from a concept, what the movie was about for younger ones, but I liked it. That was good. Yeah, I agree. I, I really liked it. You know, I think we talked about in our last pod where it was something we had to rewatch, not due to the fact that it was complex to grasp, but that our, we both decided to watch it when we had very little sleep. Um, I, yeah. I really like the, just the whole premise of it, right? It's, it's not necessarily about pursuing your passion, but pursuing what you like, right? You know, you, he, we look back to the barber and, and, the, and the guy was saying, you're meant, to, again, all spoilers, you're, you were meant to be a barber. He's like, no, I want to be a veterinarian, but life put me on a different path and, and I made the most of it. And I think that's what's really unique because it talks about like the whole idea of creating your own legacy, identifying your, your life's purpose and, and really just sort of frames it in a different aspect to really let you know, like whatever you end up doing doesn't necessarily mean that you're not doing what's right for you or your, your passion, but really finding something that works for you. Yep. So that was my takeaway. I enjoyed it. Are you ready for this hot take? Let's hear it. It's not what you do, but the life you live. Yep. It's not what you do, you do, but when you do. Because why? No, what you do is what they. Th- I mean, that's what I took from the movie: is what you do is your spark. But really, actually, it's the will to want to live, to live life. When she saw the people with their family, the tree dropping the seed, just the wind in the air, like she wanted to live, and that's what gave her the spark at the end. Yep, because that's so, your, that is your spark, there. right? Life yeah. is your spark. Exactly. It's so like it's Good. not that we are meant to be an IT person or a doctor or a professor or you know in any kind of like specific profession it's just more so that you need to like just be here it kind of puts this like i don't know if it's like a hindu or if it's a buddhist saying but the idea is that it's like anyone who plants a tree knowing that they'll never sit under the shade has figured out the true meaning to life Ooh, 
And that's what I, I kind of took from that movie. Like it. Well, I mean, it's like you plant a tree to make the world a better place, knowing that you'll never benefit from that tree. Ooh. Like you, you want to make this world better, knowing that you'll never like people who do that are ideally you figured out the meaning of life, supposedly according to that thought. Right on. I, uh, I like, I like how we're all talking about soul right now. So don't ruin this prof. K. <laughs> Back to him. Back to Tenet. <laughs> Time travel. <laughs> Aliens. Um, so, I mean, if you look deeply in the movie itself, you probably saw the cave that they went into to go back 30 years into the past. So you, it was very small <laughs> Easter egg in there. Obviously, uh, I was like, Jeremy, so uh, take that cave as time travel. I just, I thought it was the world between worlds, the veil, if you will. Did they go in a cave? Do I have to rewatch this? They went in the box. Oh, no. Shut I, up, Prof K. They went in the box. <laughs> I was going to say the visuals in the, the movie Soul was, was really great. I think that it had very inky blacks. The movie wasn't too crushed on the string service. Um, this wasn't a physical disc. This was through Disney Plus. So I, I did appreciate that. I think. The quality of the film, the compression was good. Uh, what did you guys think about the the soundtrack on this movie? I, I know normally um, Disney films like they like usually there, there's a lot of mu uh, music in there, a lot of pretty good soundtrack. Um, this one, especially focusing around jazz, did you think like, it did a great job of encompassing that, or what, what were you guys' thoughts? I mean, I'm no jazz expert. I do, you know, like John Coltrane and and the classics, but. Um, I thought it was great. I love, I mean, it's, I love how Disney always ties in the theme of the movie to the music as well, you know. And so, um, I'm just looking at the songs here, um, you know, and, and actually have one of them on my listen to playlist quite a bit. I thought it was good, you know, from a musical standpoint and just listening to uh, the soundtrack. It just vibed, you know. It was just, it just jazz is, I think, a acquired taste. And so, if you either like jazz or you don't, and I don't know. I just I love the piano. I love, you know, the snare drum, you know, meshing with the bass line and, and the when he was still alive before he fell in the sewer, sewer and they were just jamming. Like that was, that was fun. To, that was good to see. Yeah. Well, I like the whole concept of the zone as well, too. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I do appreciate that Disney and Pixar um, together, they usually take, um, concepts that we're all really familiar with and add their own twist to it so i i did i i agree i, I did really like the idea of being in the zone and kind of going like in a flow of things yep. so I, I did like that yeah. as uh <clears throat> as we get ready for mystery caller here in a little bit just really quick um i just put in the show notes how I just i put in yellowstone just so i could remember um it's so good it is it is really good you guys it's on Peacock, or if you have other means of watching it, but it is it is really good. Right. Kevin Costner. No, it's a, it's a TV series. As a resident Montanan, I'm offended that it's uh, not filmed here. There's <laughs> <laughs> not some tax dollars, baby. I'm offended that I was not offered a role. I know. I just want to get Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but before we go into our... Uh, uh mystery sound what what's going to be the next movie on our movie club i think we talked about oh yeah what's that movie called the george clean one on oh Netflix? sky midnight sky midnight all right sky? so next week we'll okay. be talking about midnight sky uh listeners if you're if you're wanting to get some interesting takes take a take a view on netflix and uh 
for those that are, you know, more uh, uh, connected to us, reach out. Let us know your thoughts. Yeah. Midnight Sky. Yeah. If you if you sign up for Netflix using our specialized code, you will get a discount yep. on it. Just make sure uh, if you yeah. do listen to the podcast <laughs> and you do try that to contact us because you might be entered in to maybe call into the show and share your thoughts with us. Who knows? And that code is... Call me daddy. No free ads. Call me zaddy. <laughs> All three of those. All three of those. Zaddy. <laughs> zaddy. So before we get the, the mystery caller, can we hear the sound so we know? Oh, yeah. My bad. RJ had a really good, or excuse me, Gordo had a really good one. Now, when they call in, do they have to specify the exact animal as well yes, it's, yes yes it can't just be gallop it needs to be okay. horse gallop so if they say like a dog no running do other animals gallop i gallop fair point fair point any four-legged running know. animal <laughs> there's a company called gallop so you know <laughs> how many seconds do you want to play it t-bone like two three um, I, was, I mean i did five there yeah, I think. Yeah, hours. that's good. Okay. Let's do that a few. Times. So three guesses, um, and uh, we we got to be we're we're so nice on the on the hands. Yeah, you guesses. guys are terrible. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what? Can I do it? Can I do it? Yeah. Let me be the guess the the, the hint one. giver. Yeah. Okay. I, All right, I want them so to fail. Nice. Okay, good. <laughs> um, and RJ, so you're gonna you're gonna explain it to him. Are you cool with that? Taking the whole, you get yeah, three guesses. You'll listen to it. Okay, because. We have gotten better, but I think now we're going to mm-hmm. really nail it. Let's nail Let's, uh... it. So while we're waiting, uh, just so we're all clear, galloping is defined as a bounding gait of a quadruped. So it just sounds like <laughs> if you have four appendages that can run on the ground, you would technically be galloping. So children who are running on all fours, they would by definition be galloping as well. Wow. I love you. <laughs> Thank you for that. The more you know. <laughs> Soundbite. Oh, it's, yeah, no, it's right getting there. saved. Whenever we learn something new from Professor K, man, <laughs> that whole thing. The more you know. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take. A, I'll explain the rules, uh, T Bone, and the purpose behind it, and kind of what we're uh, donating for the next couple weeks of January, and go from there. Cool, 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 cool. <clears throat> I believe they are screening callers in the back now, so. Uh... Hurry up, Sophia. Come on, interns. Get your shit together. You know, you pay <laughs> for what you get, I get, right? I was going to say, you pay for what you get. <laughs> I'm not signing off y'all on your timesheet. <laughs> no credits here. Yeah. We're just going to listen to a little uh, music. If anyone has any news or anything they want to say, I mean. You just have like 80s just bangers on the memory drive there t-bone no ads no ads no ads no free ads no free ads no free ads i love the 80s 80s are by far one of the greatest musical decades of all time i think the 80s are coming back i think i I hope i think the 80s are gonna make a comeback i think one the mullet is coming back 100 you know i i had this theory this is based off of nothing just my but my own opinion about um, older uh, older uh, music and their styles and why we like them so much. I think there is a great filter that occurs where uh, bad music, bad old music is kind of filtered away. We don't listen to them anymore versus in the present day, you get a mixture of both. So 20 or 30 years down the road, 
all that bad music that we have now will slowly disappear and we'll be left with good music. Only only Bieber, so kids in 20 oh, years so old. So what you're saying is that like the bad music of the 80s like kind of fell away and now only the bangers are left? It's a quote. Exactly. What's a banger? What's a banger? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm into asshole. I'm an asshole. I mean, let's, you know, the, again, the more you know. Um, let me see. Um, so according to Miriam Webster, it's an energetic song that is very striking or extraordinary. Ooh. Honestly, Prof K, I learn something new every time you talk. Like just anytime you talk, I'm like, ooh. Oh. I feel smarter. I feel smarter. I appreciate that. <laughs> T-Bone, you're doing the Hannibal dance there, buddy. You're listening to Real Talk with the boys. No sponsors, no free ads. Man, we must have a lot of callers are filtering. Lots of, it's, lots it's, of callers. I mean, there's some kind of verification issue kind of going on. They do not want trolls up in here. We do we not ask for birth certificates. We want to verify that they're in fact people. We do. That's what we're doing. Oh, it seems like okay. It seems. I think verification finally got through. The background. Sophia, send it our way. Send it our way, Sophia. All right, send it, Sophia. Let's see. Waiting for final verification from the back office. I don't want to get anyone too excited here. Sophia runs a tight ship, boys. She's giving us a thumbs up, but she's also saying, "Hold on." So let's wait. Let's wait a minute. She's like, "Get ready." She's gonna be calling it. A lot of vetting going on. Caller number seven, you're live on Real Talk with the boys. How you doing today? Oh, man, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing awesome. Excellente. Who do, who do we have it. on the call? This is uh, Sonny. My name's Sonny. Ooh. Hi, Sonny. Where are you calling from? I'm, at, I'm out in uh, San Rafael, California. Oh, very nice. Very nice. So yeah. we appreciate you calling in. Um, a lot of calls. So you were the lucky winner. Oh. Um, so uh, let me uh, just kind of explain what we're doing here. So we're going to play a mystery sound for you. Okay. We're going to give you about three seconds of a sound and you will have three guesses um, to guess what that sound is. You have the option of asking Zaddy for one hint. Zaddy will then <laughs> give you that hint and you have to guess from there. Should you get it correct, then Zaddy and Prof K, really all of us, but Prof K and Zaddy will be donating to the Barstool Fund. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Marta, what is the yeah. pro- what is the Barstool Fund for others? Barstool, Barstool, <laughs> Barstool Fund <laughs> is a um, charity donation that is being put on by part barstool dave portnoy and so what's happening is he's collecting funds from uh from stoolies and from celebrities and teams i think the patriots donated a week ago i think they're over 26 million dollars right now and he is providing these funds to small businesses who have been severely affected by COVID 19 and uh so us as the boys are all collectively going to just be donating 
whether you get it right or wrong, but we hope you get it right. And uh, that's what the uh, purpose of the mystery call is, Sonny. Cool. All right. Let's you ready do for it. this? I, I think so. All right. This is a lot of pressure. You'd be the only person to not get it correct so far. So good luck. <laughs> go <laughs> was that the joker okay no <laughs> oh, we haven't played it yet oh sorry <laughs> no that was okay yeah, sorry that was me we're gonna play it now <laughs> okay were you able to hear that do you need to hear it rummaging again? just rummaging suitcase rummaging negative be yeah be as specific as possible oh Horse beats, horse horse hooves, beating on the ground. Would you like to hear it again? Sure. Isn't that like a horse gallop? You got yeah. it! Yay! Ding, 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 ding! Uh, we'd just like to announce you are the first caller that has not had to use the mystery hint. So congratulations. Congratulations. Woo! Awesome. That's you, awesome. And you are correct. The other sound was the Joker cackle. <laughs> okay, I thought so. Sounded <laughs> like Mark Hamill. Actually, you know what? I'll take that. Thank you. There it is. Yeah, I enjoy that. That's a compliment. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you calling in, Sonny. Like I said, we're going to donate uh, some money to the Barstool Fund, and uh, we hope uh, you listen to the podcast, and we appreciate you participating, buddy. We all miss you. And Sonny, as (laughs) as an avid listener, as we all know you are, you know, please tell your friends and family to like and subscribe and follow us on that Insta. You know, the kids kids are hip, and we're we're trying to be just as hip as they are. (laughs) Sounds good. I'll add 10. I'll add 10. Take care. Thank you, Sonny. 10. 10. 10. Goodbye now. We're going to check if you do. (laughs) Yeah, we can tell who does. Good good man, Sonny. Good man that Sonny is. Got to love our listeners all over the U.S. We just be putting out them air radio waves. Across the U.S., across... Just across a lot of people. we're, we're, we're We're touching the real people of America. Exactly. All right. Um, well, it sounds like we got the... The... after you, sir. I was going to say, I think we're getting into uh, the second half of our show here or later part, at least. I don't know if there's anything we want to touch on before I take you guys into a uh, conspiracy corner, but uh... I'd like to uh, touch on um, the segment that I put down in the show yeah. notes for the so, you know, I, I think it's important to just kind of preface this as far as, you know, we talked about what happened on the 6th, and I tried to make my notes more than that as far as not, I knew we were going to discuss that, so I didn't want to just kind of repeat that. And I think it's just important right now to, um, you know, really ask yourself as a conservative, you know, what do Republicans stand for right now? You know, after seeing what happened on the 6th, um, seeing what's been going on during the election cycle, um, so I put in some clips that were just sound bites from journalists that were actually on the ground from the sixth that I think kind to they 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 really nail on the head for me anyways 
you know, conservatism versus Trumpism, you know, so do you want if we could queue up um, those first couple clips of the uh, people that were at the protest and uh, what they were saying while they were getting ready to storm the Capitol? And you want them in the order yeah, that they're presented? Um, yeah, we could start with this one. So just a little head face. This is a guy that is currently being uh, looked for by the FBI um, after he was seen on camera uh, beating a Capitol Police member while he laid on the stairs with an American flag. Death is the only remedy for what's in that building. Well, you stand up and you need your scrap. Everybody in there is a treasonous traitor. Every single one of those capital law enforcement officers, death is the remedy. It is the only remedy they get. Cybersecurity experts working to identify the suspect. The next one. Yes, please. It all started as a peaceful rally around 10 a.m. I love President Trump. He asked us to come out and support him, and I was glad to do that. Stop the steal! Stop the steal! We will never give up. We will never concede. And we're going to the Capitol. And the crowd responded to his request. And I'll fight with you. I'll fight next to you. I'll keep going. I love you all for being just having the balls to come here. And so they marched. What's the North All these politicians work for victimhood. We pay their salaries and we pay our taxes. And what do we get? Nothing. They don't represent us. They need to pay the ultimate price for their crimes. An example needs to be made. If you're confrontation, do not move forward. Patriots, move forward. This is our chance to show them how serious we are. Things took an ugly turn in the early afternoon when hundreds of people breached the building. is a traitor. Every single one. Bring them up. Police fired tear gas into the crowd. So, you know, before we play the next video, I just want to comment on that. So that to me, you know, that's not that's not who what I stand for as a conservative. You know, I that's not what my beliefs are ingrained in, you know, from a conservative platform. And I was having a conversation with a co-worker who is, you know, very much so a Democrat and believes in the left. He's not, he's a moderate liberal, I'll say that. But he and I were texting that day and it was just embarrassing for me as a conservative to see that happening. And for me, you know, and my beliefs to now be intertwined with what that is as a conservative now automatically I am, you know, 
part of that, you know, just because of who the president is and, and what he represents from, um, you know, from what the letters next to his name is as an R, you know, and that sucks, you know, it's, it sucks because that's not who I am as a person. That's not who I believe millions and millions of Republicans are as people. Um, it was just embarrassing. It was very difficult to watch that and, and be able to, to understand how that happened. And my hope was that as I watched that, a sense of understanding from a conservative standpoint was going to be, we can no longer, I mean, the, the, the idea that our, that our platform as a conservative party can stand on the ideas of conspiracy theories and challenging people based on what your perception of patriotism is, is, is it's not sustainable. It's silly to me. Um, it's okay to question things and to wonder, you know, is this connected? But to make that a political platform for one of the two biggest national parties in our country, and then to hope to win on that, it, it's just, I don't understand how that's even fathomable. And and you see those videos of those, of the, of the rioters um, and domestic terrorism. And, you know, I don't use that term lightly at all, but that's what it was, you know, and you, you can't storm the Capitol and you can't, you know, batter Capitol police officers. I'm not going to play the what about him, what about ism thing with what happened over the summer, because I don't think anybody in, can agree that that was right either. But this is on a different stage to me. And, you know, I think it's important that I, I said that earlier when we were talking about what happened on the 6th, that, you know, there's conservatives and there's Trumpism. And in the show notes, I pulled up a, a poll from, um, from Ipsos and it was a political identity poll and how you viewed what happened on the 6th and Donald Trump in speci specifically. And there was over a thousand people that they pulled from January 11th through January 13th. And of the Republicans that they pulled, several of them viewed themselves, there was three different categories. There was a traditional Republican, a Trump supporter, or neither. Obviously the 71% that voted neither were Democrats. But of those two categories, 13% identified as themselves as a Trump supporter and 16% identified themselves as a Republican. You go further into those questions and it says, what percentage of you agree that the Republican party is better with Donald Trump? 96% were Trump supporters that said, yes, we were better. And only 51% of Republicans answered that. The next question was, what percent of you agree Donald Trump should be the 2024 Republican candidate? 41% of traditional Republican people said yes, 92% said from Trump supporters said yes. Percentage that support President Trump contesting the election result. 91% from Trump supporters said yes, 46% from traditional Republicans said yes. So you, it's scary to think about that in the Republican party, you see there's almost a third party that's being developed here that is solely on Trumpism and solely on the just, I mean, irrational and not sustainable mindset that he brings into the office. And I said this on the first episode, I do not think Donald Trump is a good man. I don't think he has any moral or ethical sense about him. I vote on policy and that's how I've always been as a conservative. Um, but I just, it's scary to think that there's a certain amount of people who don't view themselves as a Republican, but as a Trump supporter and 
that it's not just this little thing that we saw on TV from, you know, tens of thousands of people who are at the Capitol. You know, I look at some of these articles and yes, I know they're from the New York Times, but you look at some of these quotes, I mean, you know, this was on January 14th, Cleveland County, Oklahoma, chairman of local Republican party open wondered, quote, why violence is unacceptable just hours before mob stormed US Capitol. Quote, what the crap do you think the American Revolution was? Second paragraph, two days later, Republican chairman of Nye County, Nevada, posted a conspiracy theory filled letter to his local committee committee website, accusing Vice President Mike Pence of treason. Swear it's a drill. And calling the rioting a staged event meant to blame Trump supporters. Next article, Amanda Chase, who's a two-term Republican state senator running for governor, maintained that the President Trump might still be sworn in on second term on January 20th, and that Republicans who blocked that alternative plan would be punished by the President's supporter. She later added, they've got Mitch McConnell up there selling out the Republican Party. So, I mean, you look, you look at that, that was January 14th that this article was written. I just don't understand how you can see what happened on the 6th. And even if you were a Trump loyalist before then, that you can accept what happened as a, as a you heard the guy in the video, you know, patriots, patriots push forward. This isn't 1776. We're not in a revolutionary war. We're not fighting for our countryhood. You know, I mean, what happened during Obama's presidency for, for anybody there that was so bad that Trump took over and now we got to preserve what Trump did over the past four years. There's nothing. There's nothing Trump's done in this past four years as a president that's affected me personally. And I know I can't speak for everyone on that. And to be honest, there's probably nothing Joe Biden's going to do over the next four years that's going to affect me personally. I still view America as the greatest country in the world, but it's just, it sickens me that we're seeing this divide within our own political party that is going to favor Trump to the extent that they are, that they can see that there was nothing wrong that happened on the 6th. It's just, it's just worrisome to me. And, you know, part, I know we're not going to talk about the conspiracy with Mike Pence and what you were going to bring up T-Bone, but one of the articles that I was going to tie into that was, you know, the whole mindset that tons of people that support Trump to the extent that they do thought that Mike Pence could literally overturn the electoral college based on what the constitution states. And then for what in sources and sources that were inside the conversation with Trump and Pence before he had to go make a decision where Trump states, quote, you can either go down in history as a patriot or you can go down in history as a pussy. I mean, and then you hear hang Mike Pence being shot at the Capitol. Like that's just not who we are as a conservative party. That's not who I am as a conservative man. Um, that's who I, I will never be that, you, you know, Republicans being called pansies or cowards or traitors for not supporting Trump, despite the criticism he's getting right now. He, in my eyes, as much as I am a conservative man, he deserves everything that's coming his way as far as being held accountable for what happened. I know we can go into the specifics of what he said in his speech and what he didn't say, but that's that was just my take that there's a difference between conservatism and Trumpism. And my hope over the next four years is that we're able to show that we're more than what we saw on January 6th. I hope it's not Josh Hawley in 2024. I hope it's a candidate that is relatable, that has a platform that is consistent with what the conservative platform has been for the past few years. 
um, out before Trump was here and just as a people was a good person. Um, I tied in that Ben Shapiro <coughs> clip, Zaddy, your favorite. Um, it's not more so uh, what he was saying. It's not, it's not very, you know, I know Ben Shapiro is obviously a very strong conservative, but he just kind of puts it further into perspective of the difference between conservatism and Trumpism. If we want to play that real quick, Timo. The full segment that you listed out? Or just go um, No, we can. Okay. Yeah. You can probably stop it when he brings in Don Lemon and uh, Cuomo. Nen was saying, are you really trying to suggest that every Trump supporter is responsible for what happened during the Capitol riots? And Don Lemon said, yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. If you supported Trump, you were in league with the KKK. You were in league with Capitol rioters. You were in league with segregationists. Here is Don Lemon just smearing every single conservative in America with the Capitol riots. Republicans know you're doing this. We, we have eyes, and we know that there are consequences to accepting that version of reality. The consequences is we, the consequences, we all get excised and marginalized from the public conversation. And so the, our answer is no. We are not going to go along with whatever you want us to do. Right? That is what is driving so much opposition to the impeachment by Republicans. Because after all, Republicans were in that House too. Those Republicans were being attacked largely by Trump. Trump was spending more ire on Mike Pence than he was on the Democrats. Trump was spending more ire on the governor of Georgia and the secretary of state of Georgia than he was on the Democratic Senate candidates. Republicans were Trump's targets far more than Democrats were over the last two months. He was suggesting that they were somehow disloyal. So Republicans, you know, are, are, not, are the ones who are taking the brunt of Trump, not Democrats. And nonetheless, when you lump everybody together like this, this is the problem. If you want to go forward as a country, you have to stop lumping every single person together with the worst aspects of the other side. You have to stop setting standards that you yourself do not hold to. Here was Don Lemon good there, doing precisely the opposite last night. If you voted for Trump, I mean, you voted I think for it's the helpful person. Sometimes listen to that stuff, but I mean, so do you mind yeah, you if can. I, I just, take the I talking just, pillow real quick? No, yeah, that was all I just wanted to. That was my talking point. Well, just I wanted to because he 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 said something there that I think is something that we've all kind of iterated and maybe we've kind of seen is that like um, we have on both parties we have the extremes on each side right like you're saying we've now kind of seen this you know i wouldn't know if it'd be easy identifiable but there is this very far right fringe and there's also this very far left fringe and we've seen them both react and you know do whether within constitutional protection or outside of constitutional protection of what they can or can't do so my thing is, and I think this is kind of the point I was making earlier with the whole kind of like if we just happen to get out of this in a few months type deal and all of a sudden life's back to normal, is that like we're not, it's not about Republicans and Democrats. It's about what in my opinion or I would call the elites versus the the working class, right? So the people who have more than like, a couple million or billion dollars in their account, right? The people who have so much money that they could spend a hundred thousand dollars a day and it makes, it's the same thing as us spending a dollar. Like there is a significant difference in the wealth distribution. And like, you know, this is a very more so leftist kind of thing to say and go down. But when I heard those people talking there, they're like, we pay taxes, we pay all this and we're not getting any benefit, or any relief from this. I mean, it's when we were talking over the summer, it's the same thing that I said when I had gotten the impression of seeing, you know, just the riots and stuff. I mean, we had been locked down. People weren't getting, you know, what I would call sufficient aid. And we were just kind of being pretty much locked up for multiple months. And then finally you have these like 
completely unexcusable like circumstances happen and it, it people use that as an excuse to bring out so much more than just whatever kind of political issue or you know cause that they were like rallying on behalf of because again i don't want to demean or little of those at all but i think that there is a true like economic and class issue going on because what i see here is kind of what we saw really with any kind of revolution right i mean the revolutionary war at least in my opinion i mean we can, you know very simplifying it but it was about like taxes and the king having more money and taking money from the colonies i mean look at the french revolution it was about the french uh, I forget the elite class, the aristocrats, if you want to call them that, and like, you know, the beheadings that they had. I mean, it's just kind of like for me, pre COVID, we had the Yellow Jackets protests in Europe going on for I don't even know how many weeks that they were continued to keep showing up. You had farmers showing up in Germany. You had all over the, the Africa there were protests. I mean, there's been a global protest happening around the world that we don't really hear too much about. And I'm hopefully now that like, we're kind of moving to building back better. We can bring in some other news clips and kind of maybe move forward from Trump and kind of get, I mean, again, I think he brought certain issues to light, but hopefully we can get past him in this because I think anyone who's super extreme on either side is obviously not going to be beneficial to us, but I, we need to not allow ourselves to be divided so that we can truly see, I guess, who the real enemy is and kind of the way I'm putting it. But again, I think it's just when I hear that, some of those clips you played, I hear some of the same words and gripes that I heard from other protests and stuff where I feel like it's more so protesting about how these government officials still get their high pay, still get all of these benefits when people are literally having to forego certain things just to be able to survive. You know, I mean, we have Native American communities all around our country that were just like so ravaged by this thing. It's, I mean, it's just kind of like we can get into all these specific different issues and stuff. But I mean, again, I'm just saying like to me, that's, I guess, my takeaway from all of this is that like, yes, and I kind of like maybe probably didn't put it as eloquently in the beginning of the show, but it's like we're not that different. It's just more so, I guess, the ways in which people view because, I mean, again, both people on either the left or the right to the extremes using violence to get their ends of their means. I mean, they're both using the same tools. They just happen to view that one likes. And again, I don't know if this is true or not, but one happens like socialism, one happens like capitalism. I mean, I don't know if we could break it down that simple, but again, it's just kind of, to me, that's what I see. I just see gripes more about class status than it is more about political views. But I feel like it's easier to wrap around that because, I mean, how much in the last few years, how many more billionaires and millionaires have we seen? You know what I mean? I just like, again, I just, I don't know. That's just what I my takeaway from it is, is I just don't want to like, I try not to demean your thing, but I want to like kind of, bring in other views just again from what i heard some of those guys saying they're the ones that you know pre going into the, the the building just talking about that kind of stuff t-bone can i ask you a couple questions sure first and foremost why were you playing that uh video at like double speed like we should have had that at normal speed like why was he talking so quickly <laughs> so for like for legitimate like for like 30 like 10 seconds i don't even know i literally thought i was like did YouTube add a speed increase button? Like, did I really screw that up? And I like had to check at the video and I was like, no, there's no speed increase. You got me there. I really thought I actually screwed Not up. Not your fault. Mr. No, Shapiro. Totally got me. Mr. Shapiro is, is a fellow uh, vocal challenged uh, podcaster. I get your, I get your struggle. So no shame. Um, do, do you think uh, individual Americans should go bankrupt for medical expenses? No. 
Do you think that the American infrastructure requires a heavy investment to make it more modern and relevant, not only at the urban level, but at the rural level? I'm gonna just say yes for argument's sake, yeah. Do you think that at, do you think that an adult that has a full-time job should have a livable wage where that they're able to pay the rent, pay their expenses, and be able to live um, comfortably without living paycheck to paycheck and having to determine whether or not to pay for food or pay for um, water or pay for housing? Do you think um, a, an adult that has a job should have a livable, a, a full-time job should have a livable wage? I'm gonna say maybe. Okay, so I just wanna I just wanna highlight those are the just three... because I feel like we can argue and debate the difference of if you wanted to argue for a fifteen dollar minimum wage or a thirty dollar minimum wage. I and mean, that's exactly that's why I framed policy it policy specific that's, issues. That's but... Exactly why I framed it as a livable wage because there are some states that would not require a twenty dollar minimum wage that could in fact probably live off of you know maybe a fifteen dollar wage or something. There, there. I'm certain there are economists that could calculate it where they could in fact calculate reasonable livable wages by state, county, municipalities, whatever. But I do just wanna say within those three questions alone, we both are able to agree that people shouldn't go bankrupt without um, due to medical expenses that are outside of their um, control, that individuals should have more appropriate infrastructure within their community, and that every person should be able to have a livable life when working a normal nine to five job. So I think that's one of the things that we've got to demystify and say like, most Americans agree all of those same things. Though, can you not, can you, can you say yes or no? You and I both agree all those three things are good for our um, country, our states, whatever. Regardless of how we get there, we can say on principle, those are the three, three, three main things we all agree on, right? I mean, and yes, that's the but problem. It's, it's the end for me is just kind of like more so like are you like if you're going to argue that if you're working 40 hours a week at McDonald's, I mean, like, are you arguing that you should be able to make as much money as someone who is working a different job? I mean, are you're just saying that the lowest bar for that McDonald's worker needs to be raised? To I'm a saying level? Is that what you're saying, I guess, like, I'm that's saying... why I'm kind of having the issue to comprehend that, because like if we're compare it to anything from the past people could work summer jobs and then entirely pay for their school for the year. So like, that's not what I'm speaking to. I'm speaking you know. to a working class for individual that is working a full-time job can provide for their day-to-day -day expenses, including how, cost of living, cost of utilities and cost of miscellaneous expenses. Based and off think, like one individual, or are you like talking about a family? Based off of a family of two. I mean, I don't mm. see. This is the problem. We, we're getting into the policy yeah, I issue. I, the I just want to. I wanted to emphasize that we all agree on the same shit. We all want the same thing. We all want our fellow Americans to be be um, happy, successful, safe, and taken care of. The challenge is, is that we have political elites that stoke the flames of disagreement on both sides that are unwilling to come to the table because if, in fact, we want, if they wanted to, in fact, 
improve our infrastructure, improve our healthcare, and improve the cost of living. They could have done that decades ago. So that that's my whole take, uh, T-Bone, is that, you know, at the end of the day, we all somewhat have the same values and beliefs. The only difference is how we get there. The challenge is, is our political elites do not allow us to actually have these true discussions and come up with real solutions. So um, I, I just appreciate the fact that we were able to come to agreement that we all have fundamentally the same beliefs and same values. It's just, we have different approaches on how to get there. Yeah. You took me dragging kicking and screaming. Cause I wasn't hundred percent sure where you were taking me, but no, I, I, yeah, I, and that's, that's, I guess the point is like, kind of like with what RJ is saying to not completely just label. I mean, I'm hoping I'm not just like completely summarizing your thing into like a few words here, but to like, not divide ourselves as much right like i mean to not just yeah, kind of lump. Just, there's 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 no sense of unity right now you yeah. know and even even uh you know i think one of the most unifying moments as a country in my lifetime which is not long but after september 11th you know you just everyone was unified you know and just you know you felt the the passion and the and the strength of the country and you know i know some people were hoping that that's what the january 6th would have done as a result of what happened and I don't think that's happened. I don't, I don't really, I haven't seen it. I haven't felt it. Um, my whole point here is just that, you know, it, I just hope that, you know, it, whether you're on the left or the right or in the middle, whatever, that not all conservatives have the same viewpoints as Trump from an ethical standpoint and that not all conservatives um, are racist. Not all conservatives are going to storm the Capitol Um and that there's just a difference between the staunch Trump loyalists as compared to a moderate conservative. And it's unfortunate that that's not accepted within the Republican party. You know, it's either you're a full on Trump supporter and he, what he does is, is, is gold and there's nothing that he can do wrong or you're the enemy. Cause that's not how it should be, especially when you're talking about your own party and that's just not how it is. May I ask, based off the conversation that T-Bone and I had, did you have any disagreement with the fundamental principles that he and I agreed with? No. I think I that, is, that is the problem. We are not talking about principles. Just like you said, we are talking about allegiance. And I think also, are, go ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Z. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, none of us are Republicans, Democrats. First and foremost, we are Americans. Like We need to get out of this mindset of, we've got to be against them because they're not us. Because at the end of the day, we are us. We are one nation. You know, the the motto of our country is e, plura, e pluribus unum. I'm sorry if I misset it, but through many, there is one. And that's exactly what we are, right? Look at the four of us here. We have many differing views, many differing opinions, but fundamentally, we all agree the same thing. We want our fellow Americans to have the same opportunities and same um, successes that we have and not make them struggle and suffer um, through no fault of their own. I mean, I think having those yeah. principled discussions would rat, would much more solve the problems of, well, I'm pro-Trump, I'm pro-Clinton. It's like, well, I'm pro-America. And how do we get yeah. back to that? I also I think it's all, say, I, I love think... how you said Clinton instead of Biden. Hey, I think it's hey, my, know, girl, my girl, my <laughs> girl. I think we're good. You know, we're not, it's not, you know, yes, we're Americans, but I, I truly, and 
I still believe we're, we're mostly good people, you know, like we're, we're, we're good individuals, we're good humans and we want what's best for everyone, but it's just gotten so far to the point where you're either with us or you're against us mentality that, you know, I hope that I truly, truly hope Biden can bring that, that message behind him and in a unification in a unifying in manner. I just fear that it's not, he's not going to have a, a chance because of how divided yeah. we are. Um, no, I don't even, I don't even think it's the media. I mean, you look at how much more could the media have swayed what we actually saw on TV than what we were seeing? Like, what, what does the media making those people do what they did to the cops and do what they did at the Capitol? Um, you could have played that video in silence, and I think it still would have had the same effect to me. Like, there's, I don't know how the media. Well, I think it's like you're saying done anything differently so. there the argument of like even if biden's trying to push forward that message but if everyone's still in their faces is like continually just getting this message of we need to string up the trump supporters you know the retrumplicans need to be you know they need to pay their pound in flesh for what's been done here so that it never happens again i mean again like i think you know we've kind of i think a majority of people aren't like that but yeah i think fear or ignorance breeds fear and fear breeds hate right so like i mean it's very easy that when we're I look at like the whole coronavirus thing again, like I'm not to totally, totally change the topic, but just fear, it just produces a different, and hopefully Professor K can help explain this a little bit, but it pro produces a different response in our brain, right? I mean, fear is where the animal brain, the reptilian brain kind of comes more into control and we just kind of have more irrational responses, right? So. I think what I'm really curious about is if these views and perspectives have always existed or if this was something that was exacerbated by kind of what Trump was saying um, on social media and like, in the news. So with the more recent silencing of his social media platforms, how will this then affect those kind of staunch um, Trump supporters and, and their perspectives? Will it slowly transition away? Will it be quieted? Or what will be the, the long-term outcome because of that change? Specifically on the censorship? Uh, I, I would say, sure, on the censorship, but how that will then impact the people who are his followers. Like, will we see more events like this or will their opinions change over time? I mean, it's kind of like I would equate it to like a teenager. Like when you tell them not to do something or force them not to do something, they're going to want to do it more. Like, I feel like it's kind of like and I'd be. I just, yeah, I feel like it's the negative reaction where if you just more ignore it, then they'll just kind of maybe like fizzle out. But now that you're kind of making it such a contention point, like where now we have world leaders like Merkel and other like, you know, leaders of other states basically claiming that, you know, what the censorship of a sitting U.S. president was wrong and that they were taking too many steps. And now those countries are going to look to actually restrict the powers of big tech to be able to do that. I mean, I, I feel like it's kind of like a little bit of a different conversation, but I mean, to me, if anything, I feel like that's the wrong approach to take. Like, I feel like we shouldn't be trying to like mute, erase or remove these kind of conversations because then it just kind of like stokes the fire and passion in them more. I will like, say, T-Bone, I think we should table that part of the discussion because we can really, really get into a lot of different takes on the whole censorship versus silencing versus First Amendment versus other Western democracies that don't have a full on First Amendment uh, freedom of speech. That that would just be my suggestion. I think we could really dive into that a little bit further. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I completely agree. Um, yeah, that's what I was just kind of like. I don't know how hard we want to pull on that thread. Um, 
I, th- I think that's a good point, uh, especially with the transition coming up this upcoming week. I think that will be a telltale sign of what happens in the upcoming few days afterwards. So we'll have a better idea uh, potentially next week for what those outcomes are. Any other any other thoughts, or do we want to do we want to transition into a little conspiracy corner, T Bone? I mean, I'm ready for it. I don't I don't know if there's any final pieces or I mean, RJ, this is your sweet segment, so I want to. No, I just uh, let you take her out if you want to. No, I appreciate that. Just I'm glad uh, we can have this conversation. And like you know, Z said, there's four very different. Um, you know, minds in this, in this podcast from a political standpoint as well. And it's just, it's encouraging that we can have this discussion the way we're having it without, you know, saying we're not going to be friends anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just, it was good to get, get, you know, talk about that because it was really a bummer on the six for me, just from a personal standpoint to see that happening and to see, you know, what was going on. It just was really uh, disappointing and, and sad. So, um, you know, that was good to talk about. I love you guys. Real Although, talk. if you say that you don't like Tenant, Ooh, then I don't think that's kind of. Yeah, I feel him there. That's a. <laughs> those are fighting words. <laughs> if, you're a, if you're a Christopher Nolan fanboy, I don't think we can. <laughs> so this podcast is now three. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, there was something I wanted to say, but I forget. I'm ready to talk about aliens. Yeah, I mean, that's. I think that's kind of what we're ready to get into. Wrap it up with some alien talk. Some real talk. Yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Thank you, Zaddy. It's just all real talk. All right, so did you guys hear the news? I mean, we might have talked about it before, but in the COVID relief bill, uh, they had written in a stipulation that the government would have to release all documents within 180 days pertaining to UFOs. I think we did talk about that briefly, but we didn't talk about the outcome. So ideally it was supposed to be like six months over the summer. Like I was expecting some alien docs over the summer, but the CIA decided to get a jump on it and said, hey, guess what? Here's all of our documents pertaining to UFOs. They threw it up on their website. So... If you go, and this will be included in our show notes, but if you go to the CIA.gov slash reading room slash collection slash UFOs dash facts dash or dash fiction, you'll find this entire plethora of documents pertaining to just all kinds of crazy stuff of like the FCC monitoring flying saucers, flying saucers, unidentified objects. California had a committee for a saucer investigation. Like there's just so many different things that they had collected and I had spent the time this week to kind of save you and our listeners from having to dig through. And I pulled out a few real key things that I thought were really cool and just wild. And again, we just want you to say what if here, right? We want you to, you know, are the aliens real? I don't know. Maybe. So the first thing we're going to get into is it's an analysis, photo analysis of a UFO craft. So what they did is like a bunch of people took a bunch of photos of what they believed were UFOs. The CIA got them. Whoa. I'm not going to open that now. That was a little sketch. (laughs) (laughs) It's not good when you open a CIA document and you get a bunch of warnings about maybe possibly a virus or something. Are you sure that's not a little (laughs) T-bone private library? (laughs) <laughs> Who knows? Maybe now I'm on a bunch of watch lists. I don't even know that. 
makes me question a few things. But anyways, so it's, it's just like again, it's I am not affiliated with this man. <laughs> the thing is, I believe in the rule of law, <laughs> and you are accountable for it. Um. Anyways, it's just like they had some photos. The photos are crap. They don't give you the original. But what I thought was cool is when they did a mock-up of an alien craft. I have it here, kind of better angled. But like from the photo, they drew what ideally they thought this like saucer looked like. It's like a 92-foot-long saucer with like a little antenna in the back. I thought it was cool. Do you think there will be I, a I'm day, still- T-Bone, where we see legitimately... Like an, like a UFO or alien. I know there's been reports of people who have seen it, multiple reports, but like, do you think it will happen? Yeah, I think so. I mean, well, I think it's already happened, and it's just more so whether or not we... It's like, you know, I mean, is Men in Black real? Probably. Like, I mean, just the, like, fact now of how much technology and things we have, I just feel like to not have captured anything like that, I just feel like it's been there and done. And to keep that kind of stuff under wraps it'd be easier if we were cooperating with them at least in an ideal world that sounds i i just think there's so many theories um like on the basis of if aliens exist and if they do exist why we haven't seen them from a pure probability perspective when we're talking about the number of galaxies in the universe the number of planets within those galaxies by pure probability there is like intelligent life somewhere else in the universe. Now, the odds of them being like within our specific galaxy, like that, of course, is a lot smaller. And so when we go into that perspective, like there's like theories on great filters of why we wouldn't see these aliens. Like maybe there's a point in time where we progress as like a society to where it's really easy to kill off civilization or we make a mistake and everyone dies off. So I think when it comes to, are there aliens? I think absolutely yes. But I think when it comes to, have we ever seen one before historically? I'm going to say no. And the primary reason being, and this is my personal opinion, I think it is very odd that there's a handful of people that have seen like space UFOs and aliens, but the majority of the population, and especially researchers, have not seen any evidence of it. This kind of goes back to when we, we haven't talked about this yet, but we will eventually, about ghosts like why do a select few people see ghosts but researchers can't identify them or find any evidence of it and i think that's the same thing when it comes to aliens so i think they do exist but i don't think uh we have seen them and i don't know if we ever will uh, within especially our lifetimes i mean is there another earth oh probably it, the, the mathematical possibility of it yeah like, like another established say, society like we have here on earth is there another earth i think like like what t-bone is saying i think pure probability wise somewhere else in the universe absolutely yes um nearby us probably no yeah no uh, no, no. Not near I, us, I no definitely no yeah but there's probably like an, a habitable planet oh no there's there's another planet with four of us life. but opposite where james and ziad are complete conservatives and the others are we are just complete <laughs> liberals and they're having the same podcast just talking in completely opposite views I need to find that T-Bone and Gordo. <laughs> They're like, I don't know, 100 billion light years away. So They sound like fantastic people. <laughs> um, I mean, so getting, I mean, and that's kind of why I wanted to get into the alien conversation too. Because like, I mean, you look at like, I know ancient aliens isn't by far like the best thing to bring up as like scholarly research. But when they talk about like the Dogon tribes, Dogo tribes, have you guys heard of that? So it's like a tribe in Africa where they 
per, where they like basically were drawing like star maps and they had predicted uh this like binary star system but you can only see the binary star with a telescope like a high hardcore telescope but like this tribe has been worshiping these like two stars since like i don't even know like an obscene like thousands and thousands of years so like the question is where did they figure out that second star if they couldn't just see it in the sky right Oh. I would love to see I'm just going to go back to the point right, I would love to see some money. kind of evidence from like a research yeah no I mean like, I'll bring that clip and we can listen to it but again this is ancient aliens so it's more so like Hollywooded up a little I mean, bit but it just comes back to like you know when people I don't want to say all religions or religions as well because I think that's a super controversial topic and we can definitely talk about that later you know it's really easy to base things off of what people have saw like from a thousand or two thousand years ago, but if we can't see it today, like two thousand years from the the timeline, oh, yeah, no, you're of right. A civilization yeah, like, is well, not that much. That, so like, that I, I don't know. I didn't have a supernova or you know change and became brighter for a little bit of time or what? No, I mean I don't disagree with you, and you could write it off that way as well too. But, but yeah, Z Gordo, I, I would love to get you guys' opinions on what you think. They one hundred percent exist. Nice. But have we seen them like, hey, on Earth? Hey, I, I, I have heard that the Israeli the head of the Israeli science space exploration said that they've met with them in the U.S., so why not? The Galactic Federation, <laughs> bro. That's why we needed Space Force. That's why we needed Space Force. Thank you. Actually, I support it. I wanted to and, be honest. I love the idea of Space oh, Force. Yeah, 100%. Are you talking about for the U.S. or are you talking about the Steve Crow? Uh, you know, I, I both, but I really do just, I, I know it doesn't make any sense to, to have the Space Force, but I love that we have a new military branch that is the See, Space Force. You say that just now say, until aliens show up and we need to defend <laughs> Hey, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. Honestly, like if we see aliens and they come to Earth, like we are already like out like we, we will lose any oh, kind yeah. of battle we have no means of transportation or the technology to even see another civilization like outside of our galaxy so if they see us their technology is way more advanced than what we can handle so having a space force hey but us, like we're, we're done but go think, ahead sir go ahead i was gonna say no, no, as go we it. all have seen in signs throw water let's see what happens <laughs> yeah. I, I was just gonna say i think the purpose behind space force i think that is going to be the de determining factor if it's useful or not if it's for combat purposes, I think it's useless for the time being. But I think if it's more for research purposes, ooh, I'm all behind that. I think we're safe because we have Will Smith on our side. 100%. And, you know. That's true. We might have to find a replacement for Jeff Goldblum, but, you know, Will Smith would for sure save us. <laughs> I think if aliens came, Jeff Goldblum would be our, like, example of what Jeff Goldblum is. might like, be. No one really hates him. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen like one or two episodes of his Disney Plus show, and based off of that, I would. <laughs> Ooh, you know, in addition to the George Clooney movie, I think we should all watch WandaVision too. I already so did. I already did. Ooh, okay. No yeah, talks. Yeah, we saw no it last talk. night. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, so no spoilers. Okay. All right. All uh, right. The last thing. Everyone I dies. <laughs> <laughs> The one last interesting thing I brought up, which I thought was weird that it was wrapped up in the UFO document, was that the Russians and the U.S. both had PSYOP programs where they were trying to develop like psychic abilities on behalf of the government. 
to like military assets that had psychic abilities and I can't find the document. It's here somewhere. Um, but basically they talk about the story of how the CIA wanted to prove to the government, like the NSA and Pentagon and all those people that this stuff was real. So that they had one of their assets sit in a room and they had him basically like astro project into, or I'm not going to do quotations mark because supposedly it's real, but astro project to a secret NSA facility that the NSA swear no one knew about and was able to describe the facility down to like a room to even a file in a specific like file cabinet. And the NSA was like so upset and so mad about it that they ended up like there was some whole investigation to make sure that it was like, you know, that they weren't infiltrated or like the CIA hadn't gotten in a spy or anything like that. But then the, the whole document goes on that the Russians are doing the same thing and that maybe X-Men is real. That's where I was going with that. <laughs> Professor X, what? I'm just saying. Bunch of crazy. Let's find the Xavier Institute, there. guys. Let's find the Xavier Institute. Live pod, live pod. I think it's just called the CIA. Ooh. First class. They 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 put it in front of us. X Men first they, class. They right pretty there. much told us. It's just they wanted us to think that they separated and whatever, but no. So yeah, so that's. Is it ever? Do you ever think about these conspiracy theories and get scared, T Bone? Like in which way? Like it's just frightening to to read all this possible stuff and how terrible certain things might be, and we just don't see it. I think. Like, does that ever frighten you? I would say at first, but again, like kind of as I've gone in through all this stuff. I mean, everything I bring up is just kind of like. I'm always a proponent of like, listen and look at everything. And the truth is usually about in the middle ish most of the times. So like, Mm. is it really that like the CIA and the USSR were like doing these programs and actually trying to develop psychic abilities? Probably. Did it actually like work or did they like, you know, go through all these means just to prove it works so it didn't look like they wasted a ton of monies in the sixties? Like, eh, probably, but who knows? But I, I think if you just close your mind off to any of these possibilities, then you're just not being able to kind of like try to view things objectively, right? Like try to not just try to take it for what it is. That's kind of the way I look at it. And, and the middle would is, be X-Men. The middle would be yeah, X-Men. Exactly. <laughs> like 50-50. And then they're like, hey, that's a great comic idea. So here you go to go take and make some money. Stanley, take this. You're welcome. I'm just saying, man. <laughs> I would love to see if they did a study on like that that individual or if it was a group of people see to see what those like specific results were. Because I think if you have a sample size of one, you know, probability wise, it's I don't know what was in that room on whatever document. Maybe it was just like someone's name or I don't know whatever it was. Um, I think there's a there's a chance that could happen by just by pure chance. But I think if you have a you know, representative sample, then yeah, maybe there is something to it. Do I think it's true? No. Um, but I, I think it, it's fun, and that's why I like movies and TV shows. Yeah, I mean, it's a whole thing. We can get into it. I mean, all the different documents they have where they talk about these, like, psychic experiments and stuff. So, I mean, it's like they try to do what you're saying and try to, like, test this stuff. I haven't fully – I mean, again, we're talking, like, thousands and thousands of documents. Um, but I guess, RJ, to really kind of, like, go back to your question and kind of, like, again, the message I took from, you know – soul is that it's like i mean wow this material hey hey hey, hey. don't you put soul into this category hey man i'm just gonna say while this materialistic world might be all of this kind of stuff or whatever like at the end of it all we're all just beings of light yeah find your spark find your spark baby and if you can't find it you might be able to go back Uh, to the turnstile guys ruined it nailed it (laughs) 
You're welcome. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I got for Conspiracy Corner this week. I wish I had some more clips and stuff. I know it's not as exciting, but hopefully our listeners kind of can go on and look at the documents themselves. And was this it? The Ministry to Study Psychic Powers. Oh, perfect. Wow, I'm such... I suck. Well, here you go. The Tokyo, they actually full-on went into like doing like te- uh, telepathy... I don't even know. All kinds of crazy stuff. They wanted to trigger like experience of tele- tele- telepathy. I can't even talk. Or the study of phenomena such as soothing music, quicker triggering, triggering quicker growth of plants. I won't even try to read this document anymore. But I don't know. Stuff to read. Cool shit. Are these all available on the show notes, T-Bone? Uh, the main page where you can, there's a, there's a decent search query. The main page is going to be on there. Yeah. Cool. So all of those will be in the show notes. Cool. But yeah, so that's all I got here. Um, I don't know if anyone's got anything else or Zaddy, anything you want to close takes? on? Nothing to nothing to close on. Um, if you haven't, subscribe, like us on Instagram. Um, send us send, smash, smash that like, like button. button. The best thing you can do <laughs> is rate and review and tell a friend. That's well put. And the only thing I would add to that is if you've seen Tenet and you're kind of indifferent or negative, have negative feeling towards it, watch it again. <laughs> okay. And just a real quick, since we're going to be heading out to give our listeners just the tease of next week. So what was it again? It was, what was that movie for Mr. Clooney? The Midnight Sky. You can watch that on Midnight Netflix. Sky on and Netflix. WandaVision. And Wandin, Wandin, WandaVision. On Disney+. Plus. On Disney+. Plus. No, no free ads. No free ads. But we just don't have a choice other than to watch them on that media. Unless, which you're not proponents of, you can find it on the internet. You can't oh, on Netflix and Disney+. Plus. <laughs> well, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you can find it on the apps or elsewhere. Not proponents of I, it, though. I hope everybody has a great week, including the boys. Yeah. Hopefully Let's some people out. have like a three-day weekend, maybe. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yes. Go do some good. Yes. Do some good. Spread the love and light. Peace. Uh, I'm going to take, take it. I'm take it. Just, sorry. Tape decks here at the studio. They're all conjumbled. Those goddamn interns. <laughs> Get your shit together. It's labeling, man. I, I, who, you would think a label maker would be pretty easy to use, right? In your face, all over the place. We're online. 247 247 I really honestly Nice head Bob Nice head Bob I probably should have started this a little bit earlier When we were doing all our well wishes And maybe I'll just throw <laughs> the music back for that I don't know But We're gonna play you out with the hits from yesterday Tomorrow and today Here on Real Talk with the boys All right, stop the head bob, Prof. K. No more. <laughs> no, it's creepy. You gotta wait for the lyrics. Hold on, James. No, keep feeling it, James. <laughs> Almost there. Hold on. You look confused, Prof. K. Okay, we're almost there, James. I'm confused. Uh, uh. <laughs>